Good evening, everyone. I'm your host, Jason Miles, and welcome to another episode of This is Revolution Podcast. Happy day of off. Hope a bunch of people got a day off. I don't know what to call today and not feel horrible about saying it. I live in a country now where it's not a holiday today, so I went to downtown Tijuana and pancakes at a weird diner. If you are new to the channel and you liking what you're seeing please hit like please hit subscribe many of you that watch the show do not subscribe it's effed up hit like hit subscribe it is a passive gesture it goes a long way in supporting what we do here on tir speaking of tir let me bring in the faceless voice of reason madame m toussaint hello hello Surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> Very good to be here. Happy holidays. We can say that already now. You can say that now? Yeah. That's cool. Are right-wingers going to hate us? Uh, they were going to hate us anyway. Good point. Good point. I don't Shut know. I, was, I, I, had, I had one of the top articles in, in right-wing circles. My peace and damage. True. So there's that. Shout out to Sean McCallum, who says he is old to the channel. Shout out to long time. Thank you. You know what? If it is a day of thanks, I would like to say thank you to all the people that have tuned in, all the patrons, all the subscribers on the audio only. Thank you guys so much for making sure that we can do this for four years. Four more years. Four more. <laughs> you know, it's it's an up and down journey. We're doing this with duct tape and a dream, but we're still able to do it, I think, at a pretty good level. And recently I was on Majority Report. Mm-hmm. And got to talk a little bit about This Is Revolution. Got to talk a little bit about 
the book that's in its second edition because it's sold out so there's that thank you to all the guys that came to the live meet and greet that was dope I would love to do something like that again I can't wait to do it for the movie I'm sure a lot of you are like that movie's never coming out it is there was a problem with it should I say what the problem is Toussaint sure okay I recorded all of the script and then there were some flubs in there I guess and so the director had me correct the flubs and I corrected the flubs and he hits me up and he goes you sound way better on the correction and I can't mix it in it just sounds so much better so you have to redo everything and I was like that sucks because <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like reading a small book right so I was like okay fine I'll do it and then as I'm getting ready to do it I get that phone call from him. He's like, hey, man. <laughs> Great guy. He's he's one of you people, Tucson. One of you people. He's Haitian. All right. He's Haitian and Jamaican. So he's you and Marcus. That's and one, illegal. And one person. Illegal. It, it should be illegal. Um, and he goes, uh, the transition. And <laughs> there's one chapter where... Every chapter is kind of about like you use wrestling terms, and uh, I do a whole chapter on the Montreal screw job. And he felt that there wasn't a good pivot in the in the explaining the actual wrestling event, and then explaining why it works in this idea of how political kayfabe works. So then I wrote a whole new kind of pivot piece to that. That original part was probably like 500 words, and I almost tripled that so we're trying to edit that down and then I have to re-say everything and and then now we have to add more footage but it should be done probably sometime in the middle of December so cross your fingers Tucson fingers crossed both of them both of them. Um, so this is one of our. What does that say on the screen? No question, but just to say, we heart all of y'all with the crew, with the TIR crew. Thank Aww. you for doing so much work for us. Thank you, no, dude. Thank you because it's a, it's a lot of Tucson. Will tell you, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of it dealing is. with me, and it's a lot of trying to book guests last minute. And, there's a lot of stuff that's going on behind the scenes right now that we cannot talk about that is even more stressful. So thank you again. It means it means more than you guys. I feel like thank you is just so simple, but I want to give everyone that's watching right now a hug. I wish I could do that. Mm-hmm. A hug. Um bad lefty says stop being so damn wholesome Chad this is a, look this is a day of reflection and like hey true right like you know what let me say this right now thank you Toussaint 
for being there all the time. All the time. All the time. I'm sure when your phone rings, you're like, this again. <laughs> no. Thank you, Gene Boschman. Thank you, Pascal Robert. Thank you, Cuba. Thank you, Paul Prescott, who's coming back on the show. Thank you, Marcus. Who else do we need to thank? Thank you, Kenzo. Thank you, Mac. Mm-hmm. Who else do we need to thank? Thank you, Derek Varn. Thank you, Ben Burgess. Stefan. Oh, thank you, Stefan. Thank you, Quintern. Mm-hmm. Imaginary Nathan. Oh, yeah, we can't forget imaginary. <laughs> <laughs> the snuffleupagus of TIR. Yep. Um, so, Toussaint sent me this video. Before I open up the phone line, I want to play this video for you. So, for those that don't know, uh, Sean says Sean King. <laughs> 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 I refer to Derek Barn as Sean King. You guys are so mean. You know what? This person doesn't get enough props. Thank you, Jordan Dubin. She mm-hmm. was a major part of the two live shows that we did, the Give Them a Revolution shows. So shout out to Jordan. We haven't heard from her in a while. Last I heard, she was feeling ill. But big, big, big shout out to Jordan Dubin. Those live shows would not have went off as good as they went off without her, what, what do you say, her work behind the scenes. Right. So. The bing bong of tea. Toussaint sends me this video of one of our favorite shows. By favorite, I mean a show that we hate. And (laughs) and for a lot of the white people that watch this, they might not know this show exists. Maybe. It's called The Breakfast Club. Not the movie that the white people that watch the show have seen. But it is... Like, I don't want to play it, and they're like, the Molly Ringwald is nowhere on this. Right. I've been lied to. That black guy is not Molly Ringwald. <laughs> <laughs> I also want to say, Steve, if you're watching, you were wrong. White people have had me on their shows. I was on so many white people shows the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. I was on Majority Report, effing fucking cancel podcast, Left Reckoning. I did something with Sublation that hasn't aired yet. I was on uh, radio in New Orleans with a white guy. Steve? Mm-hmm. I'm back. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a show called The Breakfast Club. And the first time Pascal was on the show, when it was still mainly an audio show, the first time Pascal was on as a solo guest, he wanted to interrogate this idea of Charlemagne the God being kind of a mouthpiece for black America. Is that how he was being built at the time? And he had his own show. Remember that? Charlemagne had his own show? Mm-hmm. Does he still have it? No, I believe he has the, the podcast with Andrew Schultz. Oh, that's so gross. <laughs> I don't know what else he has. Um, but anyway, The Breakfast Club is a long-running New York radio show. That's also kind of a. Does it come on air on TV too, or on, on just the internet? I think it's just the internet. 
it's massive. It's got a massive following and has mm-hmm. had one for some time. I mean, presidents that people running for president go on the Breakfast Club, but I don't mean you know Marianne Williamson and like <laughs> Cornell was. I mean like actual people that would be Kamala Harris was on there famously talking about smoking weed. That's when her father was like, "Look, can you just shut up? Can you just shut up?" Yes. Steve says, "I'm watching you on the comeback." That is. So- Comes on Revolt TV. There you go, Revolt TV. Hmm. Revolt TV. It's a black channel. No shit. <laughs> <laughs> that should be their motto. Revolt TV. It's black. Word. <laughs> no way. And you know, this is something that you're never going to see with Crystal and Kyle. Hmm. I'm just kidding. There really was no reason to bring those people up. I was just hoping to say that name that the viewership would go up and we'd be like, oh wow, 500 people are watching now because we just said Kristen and Kyle and they're going to see it and they're going to do a whole episode about why we suck. <laughs> play by play. Yeah. And right here is where you don't shut up. <laughs> I just want to fight Sagar. Yeah, a lot of us do. But anyway. Anyway. Uh, Larry Elder, who is running for president on the GOP ticket, was on The Breakfast Club. And Toussaint sends this to me. Jason has better hair than Kyle. <laughs> See, now <laughs> the fight's going to start. I never even met this guy. Pascal's been on their show. Of course, Ben was at their wedding. Um. I would assume that they probably think that us and the revolutionary blackout people are the same people. Yeah. I feel like they're like, no, oh, it's they're black, right? Same Revolution's thing. in the name. They seem angry. <laughs> Say the N-word a lot. To an uncomfortable level. It's all the same, right? Um, and Larry Elder gets on there and is just I don't want to say schooling these dudes but they're old enough that they should have an understanding of the underclass ideology that Larry Elder is speaking to and they should have some sort of comeback for it and Jason mixes (laughs) (laughs) Ah, that's funny. <laughs> you know we don't mix here. Races. <laughs> so all the new people that watch me in Majority Report will be like, oh man, I can't watch the show. He <laughs> doesn't mix races. Then they see my kids and they start scratching their heads. <laughs> but they're Asian. <laughs> I saw a picture of my children today. No. I was like, you are some handsome children. Handsome. Handsome children. Um, so I'm gonna play a clip and I kinda wanna fat there's a guy that's trying to set up these there's a guy doing what I'm doing right now, playing a clip. So we're gonna do that thing, we're gonna watch a video of someone watching a video. But first and foremost, that guy did the work of clipping it. So kudos to this guy. 
second of all, this guy kind of sucks. So I'm letting you know beforehand, this guy sucks. Like, there's nothing he says that I agree with nothing. other than when he refers to the people on the screen. Like, he is correct in that. Everything else he says, I don't agree with. And I feel like he's in a hotel room. <laughs> like, why are you in a hotel room? I mean, I know why I was in a hotel room sometimes. Ooh. Oh, that didn't sound right. It was because I was homeless. <laughs> We're traveling. Yano says, T-I-R equals this is race purity. (laughs) (laughs) So, this dude hiding in a hotel room. (laughs) Or (laughs) maybe not a hotel room. Maybe he's in like a... um, like a like you know how there's open houses for apartment complexes. <laughs> he's and in he, an open house. And he's like at the open house, and he's like, uh, and I can just sit in this room here for a while. Let me set up my tripod. Which, uh, and what is the uh, internet password? Oh, no, no, I'm transferring funds. I'm totally gonna move in. I don't know why he talks like that. His voice doesn't even sound like that. <laughs> Fuck it. That's the way he's going to talk in our skit. Um, this is a, this is going to be, it, this can't be a room that someone lives in. <laughs> I feel like he has a safe behind him. Yeah, like who's, <laughs> like seriously. No one's room is that, if your room is that devoid of personality, (laughs) you're into some weird shit. You have to put this on the screen before we play the clip. Tucson. This super chat. I'll read it. I I have to read this because it's so insane. (laughs) I'll save Tucson from having these words come out of her mouth. Larry Elder claims that he introduced Snoop Dogg to cannabis. Also, look up Larry Elder's Larry Elder Larry's girl tattoo. Why do I want to look that up? I don't want to do that. First of all, because of what I do for a living, the search history on everything I have is horrible. 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 There's a comment. Someone says, I see Jason isn't using calls as an excuse to make Tucson do hosting duty. God, you guys are mean today. Let's play this clip because you guys are being too mean. Be mean to this black guy. Um, here, I'll, I'll rewind it for you. Sort of confirmed our suspicions. Showing me that God is really an agent for the left. Oh, so this guy is a right winger. I mean... He's in, at the end. He says he's in the middle. What? He's right in the middle. And when he was poor, he was about getting handouts. And now that he has more money, he's uh-huh. about protecting his income. Hey, dude, I got some horrible news for you. I don't think you have that much money. No. Like I'm not trying to shit on you because it's not like I live in the lap of luxury, but at least it looks like I live somewhere. 
Can you imagine inviting someone over to your place and this is the bedroom you show them? They'd be like, nah, dude, I'm not about to put the lotion in the basket for you. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? No, I know you have some fucking coats made out of people's skin in that closet. Fuck Jesus. that about. There is no way on God's green earth that this is not a serial killer's pad. There's just, there's nothing in it. Nothing. Nothing. Not even like a shitty poster of something that would make a, a woman run away. Like a neon beer sign or like Pamela Greer topless from 1973. Like there's just nothing. Right. An Avengers poster, but not the comic, the movie. <laughs> right. There's not a wayward sock anywhere. There's nothing in that closet other than the hides of his victims. My God. (laughs) (laughs) Don't tell me about who's an agent for it. And, and, hey, if Charlemagne the God is an agent for the left, eh, maybe the left deserves to die. Maybe. Maybe I should go work for Fox News. Because the left is not, they're not sending their best. <laughs> See, they brought on Larry Elder, and their goal was to corner him and paint him as a racist. But by the end of this interview, Larry Elder had Charlamagne the God, DJ Envy, and the female they recruited for the interview. They had all three of them looking like idiots, bro. I thought there was always a female on the show. There's always a female on the show. It's usually Angela Yee. I guess yeah. she was out that day. Okay. I want everyone listening to know or watching to know we don't get females to fill in for Tucson. That's true. She is the female. Just the one. <laughs> Just the one. There's only one badge that hangs with this crew. Singular badge. Singular badge. Mono badge. Mono badge. We don't just replace women. What kind of bullpucky is that? I need to stop pausing on this guy making these crazy faces because it makes him look even more like a serial killer. Because right now, this looks like a fucking county jail coat. He's like, fucking. This poor man. You know what's sad? He's got more subscribers than us. Yeah. So all I have to do is just find some hair on the floor of any barbershop in America, glue it to my head, and then come on here. (laughs) Just come and just come on air and just be like, Larry Elder was painted as a racist. Like, I agree with what the guy's saying in that in that context of you bring a right winger like Larry Elder on because there's this new definition of the term coon, mm-hmm. which says anything that you do where you are trying to appeal to white people or what we think white sensibilities are, i.e. talking a certain way, maybe marrying a white woman, um, being a conservative. We're not seeing these things as black things, which is kind of silly because, as we said off air, Tucson and I, black nationalism is a conservative ideology. So why is why is this the stuff cooning to you? But anyway. Now I knew it was gonna be a long interview. <laughs> Don't they have a three hour show, numb nuts? Really mm-hmm. early on. 
when this happened. I mean, the show is always long, numbnuts. Look here, sleepy eye. Jeez. Stop focusing on this man. We haven't even gotten to Larry Elder yet. Oh, this man! God damn. Poor man. Fuck. You couldn't get a hairline before this thing? Oh, man. That's why you can't trust nothing in this house. What person doesn't have clippers in their house? Sleepy eye. Fuck. Pick that shit out. So let's let's, let's jump right into it. Why are you running for president? Because I want to. (laughs) Why are you wearing a hat about the shit I put on my bagel? (laughs) Mox. Well, I'm running as an America First mega guy, and we mega guy. Like he's mega or maga. I don't know. Because if he's a mega guy, I'm like Larry. You're not that tall. It's a mega guy. <laughs> you can't be mega guy. But why I mean, would he be running as an America First mega guy? I think he wants people to know that he's all about hating brown people. Yeah. And he'll make you feel better to hate brown people because he's brown himself. It's like, look, it's not that I hate brown people. It's that I hate those poor brown people. We have an America First mega guy running, obviously. Uh, So the question is, what do you bring to the table? This was Larry Elder's one of only two mistakes during his entire interview. Like, bro, get your own swag, bro. (laughs) I mean, like, mega is... You want the man running for president to have swag? Trump swag. Get your own swag, bro. Be original. Is he wearing one of those barber smocks? I don't know. What? It's a little. If he's wearing a barber smock with that hairline, <laughs> this is the glitch in the matrix that we need to fix. <laughs> what the fuck is going on here? Hey, Maga. Maga. Okay. And the answer is, I bring a lot of issues to the table that I feel our side is not talking enough about, if at all. For example, the number one social problem in America, by far, is the epidemic, not of COVID, but of fatherlessness. If you're right- Whoa! Whoa! Larry Elder hits you with a classic. Yep. Larry Elder was like, I don't understand all this rapping about your vagina (laughs) and what color your butthole is. Why can't we just get back to the good old days of Cool Modi? Jesus. Why can't we just have N.W.A.'s second album? Remember when rap was positive for five seconds? Nice. (laughs) Remember when there were like eight rappers that never went gold or platinum that said positive things and we hold on to that like it's the fucking holy grail? That's what Larry Elder just said right there. He gave you a classic of underclass ideology. The the 90s are back. On your left says another 90s trend comeback. Look, I was out in TJ, and there's some really great 
vintage stores in TJ. These young people are curating. You, I think you were in LA on Melrose. <laughs> and my I, my daughter called me this morning, and she was with her boyfriend, and he wanted to show me he had a Lecoq Sportif shirt. Remember those back in the day? I remember stuff? those. And he, whenever he brings like old stuff out, he goes, pops, 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 check it out, check it out, check it out. <laughs> right? And so, and so <laughs> that's what Larry Elder just did right now. Larry Elder was like, I got troops on. <laughs> Larry Elder just showed up in a British Knights jacket. Nice. Larry Elder just did BBD on karaoke. BBD. Right after somebody just did Sexy Red. He was like, I'll show you. Poison, Poison deadly, moving in slow. Larry Elder got to go. He did the rap part. <laughs> he did. He just did the rap part. <laughs> Dropped the <a> mic. <laughs> Larry Elder is a huge fan of anti-racist, racist Slick Rick. No, 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 no. Not that guy. <laughs> <laughs> this up and not have these dudes throw a drink on you like a black woman in a reality show <laughs> or just be like hey dude where the fuck do you think you are the million man march why don't you jump back in your DeLorean over there McFly and go back to 1991 and go fuck yourself all the way there he said the epidemic is not COVID. It's fatherlessness. It's fatherlessness. Epidemic proportions, you guys. My, The house that we had our thing in, the live show in, I found out. I was like, how did Greg get this house? And the owners, it was a son and a father, and the son died of COVID. The son died of COVID. He literally had his father. And I think a lot of people know someone that died of COVID. Mm -hmm. I don't know anyone that died of fatherlessness. This is true. I mean, it's sad. I have a hole in my heart in the shape of a father. <laughs> and then I died. I have a hole in my heart, the shape of Newports. <laughs> Newports and a nappy afro. <laughs> we have a problem in America. <laughs> Parker says El Elder Larry dropped out and endorsed Trump three weeks ago. Wow. Wow. The fatherlessness couldn't even... I, you think Trump made a phone call? <laughs> I will give you a million dollars to just walk away. Just walk away, Larry. I'll put you in on the cabinet. You can be the fucking secretary. You know, I'll put you in charge of HUD. <laughs> can you imagine Larry Elder being in charge of HUD? That's like his dream come true. None of you niggas getting houses. None of you niggas getting houses. None of you niggas getting houses. Stay outside. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.
His dream job. <laughs> Can you imagine Larry Elder being the head of fucking HUD? Horrible. Oh my god. There's gonna be weight requirements for black women if Larry Elder's the dead charge of HUD. True. No more pound cake. <laughs> no more shit. You thought Bill. Ca- why was he still in the pound cake in the first place? Well, Bill, I don't know why he even would want pound cake. It's filled with empty calories. These niggas don't deserve hut homes. <laughs> they fill them with snacks. They're using their EBT at Jack in the Box. Jack in the Box. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you can't do that. I hate to break it to you. Can <laughs> you really? <laughs> Wayne Overland says, what the hell did I just tune into? (laughs) (laughs) Larry Larry Elder, head of HUD. (laughs) I finally am able to use my voucher to get a home, and Larry Elder wouldn't let me because I weigh 225 and I'm 5'4". And he said, no Esterol-looking nigglets can live in these units. Oh, Larry. Larry Elder is a horrible man. And these assholes didn't do what we're doing right now in front of him. No. No, they didn't. (laughs) Bad Lefty says, T-I-R, we hate monetization. Seriously, I guarantee you got a phone call. We'll put you in charge of some shit. You can make black people's life hell. And he just is like, ooh, he got the glow running through him like Bruce Leroy in fucking the last track. <laughs> <laughs> like this. <laughs> Honey, look. <laughs> I don't call. Look what I can do now. Look what I can do. Look what I can do. <laughs> but we're not done yet. With Larry Elder. And guys, I will open up the phone lines. Because On Your Left is watching now, so that means there's going to be a hilarious phone call coming. Raised without a dad, you're five times more likely to be poor and commit crime. Nine times more likely to drop out of school. And 20 times more likely to end up in jail. Could they end up in jail? What's happened? In the mid-60s, with I think the best of intentions, a Democrat named Lyndon Johnson launched what he called the War on Poverty. And since then, we have incentivized women to marry the government and incentivize men to abandon. Um, last I checked, there was no bonus you got in your welfare for government marrying. And that's the slippery slope we were talking about, Larry, back with Proposition 8, right? If you let the gays marry, what's next? People marrying their animals. <laughs> Marrying their dogs, marrying their horses. Marrying their governments. <laughs> Larry, you forgot about the slippery slope. Hmm. You totally forgot about the slippery slope. And you're all over the place with your fatherless analogy. Because you're saying it's coming from this magical place where everyone's starting at the same point, apparently. And all of a sudden, 
Murphy Brown happened. <laughs> Murphy Brown. Mur- Murphy, like he, no one gets mad at Murphy Brown. Like we should start doing a whole campaign full of black people, and like we can't get our government benefits because of Candace Bergen. When she decided to have that child with no father, we all thought it was okay. Oh my gosh. I don't know where and you then Diane like Keaton did it. <laughs> Diane Keaton did the other movie where she had a baby being a white professional and destroyed the family structure in the in the balance. Oh my god. Therefore a hero ain't nothing but a sandwich. <laughs> and it was cornbread and arrow, man. It was cornbread and arrow. <laughs> Ben and Stanley. (laughs) Ben and Stanley lost their lives fucking around with them bitches. That's why. Ben and Stanley. (laughs) By the way, my neighbor hears this and has no idea what I do for a living. (laughs) I think he's terrified. He's like, I don't know what that guy does. I think he's weird. But seriously, screams and laughs really loud. I don't. But seriously, this dude is just over. (laughs) Thomas says Larry was the me in cornbread early. (laughs) (laughs) Like Larry Elder heard Brenda's got a baby, and he was like, "This is the problem with Black America. That's why none of these niggas will be getting Section 8. Hmm. Mary Elder is going on tour with anti-racist, racist, slick Rick, dude. (laughs) I can't believe they let him say this and they just didn't. Can you imagine how much fun we'd still be having right now? He he would walk off the set. He would have to. Because we would just start laughing at him. We're like, you're not serious, are you? What the fuck is going on? If, if you rip off your face right now and it's Ving Rhames from Baby Boy, I might care a little bit more about what you say. Oh, God. Little Jody. <laughs> but you can't watch John Singleton movies and then build your whole ideology around that, Larry Elder. No, you can't. But let's, let's keep it going. Because let's see how these guys respond to this nonsense. And their financial and moral responsibility. That brother's spitting. Bro, he's Oh, God. <laughs> fucking Christ. Jesus. I know. Jesus. So this, this dude says, I'm not really a conservative or a Democrat or a leftist. I'm in the middle. In the middle of what? In the middle of jerking off to fucking Ronald Reagan speeches? I'm stuck in the middle with you. I'm in the middle of slapping ham to fucking George Bush Sr. <laughs> you caught me. <laughs> Maybe that's what's in the closet. <laughs> what's in the box? And it's just fucking Reagan porn. Fucking all over the place. But in that crack, it was up to us to pick it up and bag it tight and try to repurpose it, man. But apparently, right, Charlemagne the God and them brought this brother on with an agenda in mind. So even if he's 
anytime you bring a guest on the show, person that comments on shows, there's an agenda in mind. Anytime. You're going to talk about their book. You're going to have an angle to talk about their book that you think no one else has had, or you're going to talk about what they do. You're going to try to form an angle that you think makes sense. It's going to make for interesting viewing. Mm -hmm. There's always an agenda in mind. Always. If you think that, yeah, I'm going to do this because Tucson's not going to do this. If you think people come on this show and we don't sit around for fucking hours trying to find an angle on how to make the conversation interesting, you're retarded. That's what we do for a living in trying to make this show that we do entertaining and informative. So there's an agenda. What do you think we do? Call people up and say, hey, what the fuck are you doing Tuesday at 6? Nothing? Want to come on and just shoot the shit for a while? Man, why, why not? <laughs> I just heard about gooning the other day. <laughs> Fucking agenda. Yeah, I have an agenda, dumbass. So mad. So mad at this guy. Dude. Making sense of saying things you can't dispute. They... That's not true. <laughs> That's not true at all. No. We can dispute this all day long. All day. Like, do you think fatherless children just happen out of the sky? Like it's some Harry Potter shit? <laughs> Harry Potter. Like, fuck is wrong with you? And, like, those are the... Oh, and is it only fatherless Negroes doing shit? Because last I checked, there's a lot of fatherless white people, too. A whole lot. Like, man, just blocks of them. <laughs> Men's and women's. <laughs> Non-binary fatherless children. Oh, yeah. <sighs> it was gonna push back. So show me the God's response to this better spit in facts is... What about white people? There's a way to do that. There is a way to do that. There is a way to do that. Charlemagne the God is not the guy. No one on this screen is the guy to do that. No. Larry Elder. See Tucson, see his hair? Mm -hmm. My hair was like this. And I tried to get twists many moons ago. Oh my god. And all my tall friends, when my tall best friend Andre clowned me so hard. Man, listen. He was like, "God damn, nigga, I can see your thoughts." <laughs> he said, "How she even managed to get that shit twisted?" Damn. Do your head hurt? Mm. And Larry Elder is trying to like spot comb it. And that camera angle fucked this whole shit up. Look at that. Let me ask a question. What do white people do wrong, Larry Elder? What do you mean, what do white people do wrong? I'm not worried about white people. I'm worried about what, 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 what's going on with us. But if they, if they... Uh, that's a fair answer, Larry Elder. Mm -hmm. With the label out of the bottle that's a sponsor of the show. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> like seriously, that was a dumbass question. Hey, Larry Elder. Uh, well, uh, white people aren't that cool, huh? Maybe I don't know. <laughs> Why am I supposed to give a shit? Like you tell me. You seem pretty obsessed with them. What do they, what do, they do wrong there, uh, Chrome Dome? Chrome Dome. <laughs> if there's systemic racism in this country, which I, we know I, it is. No, no, I, I don't say there is. You say there is. I don't believe that. Oh, you don't believe this? No, there used to be, obviously. Mm. Tell me tell me what you think the number one systemic example of systemic racism is in America. Oh, man, there's so many. Just give, just give, just give me the most important one, you think. At the top of mind, I probably maybe maybe mass incarceration so usually what you say to people that say systemic racism what i would say is how does it function i wouldn't say show me i would say how does it function tell me the function of it right if you're saying there is a literal system of racism in this country it's to show me how it functions and if your answer is mass incarceration or bad lefty says police it's like well how does that function especially in cities like dc los angeles oakland houston where police forces are made up of black people then you're getting into some whole bullshit about everyone's an internalized racist and there's a, a whole black identity and black people are a monolithic race where everybody thinks and acts the same and anyone that gets involved in law enforcement that's black is inherently some sort of internalized sellout it has to deal with walking around with the double consciousness it's like look put the Du Bois down for a minute <laughs> you wrote this shit in like 1901 it's 2023 right so how does it function i don't think either one of them really made a lot of sense here no. but i want to hear what you guys have to say <clears throat> Maybe really um, in during the Great Depression, when 50 percent of black adults were unemployed, you didn't have this kind of mass incarceration. I don't even know what that means. Our friend is back. But what does the depression have to do with current? Yeah, this is what happens when you let people lead. He said he set up the frame. He's, he's just he's doing all the work. And you're just falling right into it. Who's talking like, about the depression? Like, yeah, I was like, dude, I explain to me in, in, imprisonment numbers during the the depression. How many black people were sharecroppers during the depression? You are operating with that statement that all Negroes live in the urban core, and that is not true. We're not even at fifty states during the depression. Most black people are still in the South. So what the fuck is your point, dude? You know who's filling up prisons? Poor white people. Right. So we're still on poverty. Larry Elder is retarded. And the fact that these idiots couldn't say anything to him and you got the one guy with the bagel hat on just staring bagel hats i mean he's over there with fucking locks and schmears i hope it's for the rap group i'm just teasing <laughs> i don't think i don't think fucking 
people walk around in New York with their favorite bagel topic on their hat. Bagel topic. <laughs> do you have a raspberry cream cheese beanie that you wear? I do not. <laughs> to the bodega. To the bodega. Steve says, let's bring back using the R word casually. Hey, sorry, Steve. I just, I'm embracing this whole, like, no one gives a shit about what we do. No, it's Thanksgiving. I'm giving thanks to Larry Elder for giving us content. Hmm. (laughs) Raspberry cream cheese. That sounds like a crime. Is it a crime? I'm I'm really upset with Larry Elder for being able to sit back with that fucking Don Johnson tight ass black man at the club t-shirt from 1998 on mm-hmm. and just be indignant in the bullshit that he's saying and have the th- this is what cooning really is those two dudes Envy and, and fucking Charlemagne. Yeah. And I'm not going to call this guy a coon. I am going to call him a fucking serial killer. Oh, God. Because he is. There's a little girl hiding underneath the bed right now. Like, Please. 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 <laughs> she wants If you see a hand. If you see like a little hand. <laughs> Now for the rest of this interview, is Charlemagne the God and I'm trying to prove that the United States is systematically racist and him just slicing up every myth they present to him, bruh. So after he sliced up the mass incarceration myth, they didn't... He didn't. He He didn't. He didn't explain it. He He just said there wasn't a whole bunch of black people being arrested when they were spread out sharecropping in the south and domestic help good answer good answer good answer good answer but when white unemployed people were displaced in the urban force of america the urban centers well they were getting arrested more than negroes ergo mass incarceration is just a myth but they locked up half my block. I don't know what you're talking about. These aren't the droids. These aren't the droids you're looking for. <laughs> Sorry, Charlemagne. <laughs> no, literally, we went to the prison and we saw a whole bunch of black people. <laughs> nope. They were Haitian. Doesn't count. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> a few from Trinidad as well. <laughs> <laughs> Some I assume were good people. <laughs> and mass incarceration becomes like a street sweeper for people too, where uh, no matter what you do, you just get caught up in it. I guess. Like I wasn't even doing any crime. I just got. I didn't see the sign that said the mass incarceration street sweeper. I thought it was the second Wednesday. I didn't know. <laughs> the third Wednesday, the mass incarceration street sweeper got me. Fuck. I brought up Black Wall Street, and this brother annihilated. Why 
does everyone love talking about Tulsa as if um, black people all dispersed over the United States? Like they would get around with their children and go, there's a place where a black man can thrive and it's in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Mm. I've heard stories of golden toilets and black people even having white servants. That only happens now. (laughs) Only happens now. It's called Black Wall Street. Every nigga in Black Wall Street had a briefcase with $200 in it for no good reason. Black Wall Street. Did they trade stocks on Black Wall Street like the regular Wall Street? They didn't even have a bank there, but it just was something a Negro said once and it stuck and made sense and, you know. You know. Let me have my dream. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) The dumb folks, bro. The brother makes sure all put guy looking in his notes, but looking for for the PowerPoint, right? The DNC provided for him to debug Larry Elder, bro. Wait a minute. You really think that the DNC called up Charlemagne the guy? Mm-hmm. Uh, Charlemagne. <laughs> this is uh, Barack Obama. <laughs> yeah, Barack. <laughs> We uh, heard you're going to have Larry Elder on the show. (laughs) I don't think that happened. I don't think that happened either. That is as bad as when Ben Burgess was debating that Oz dude. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if his Jacobin handlers have been watching Oz video. And all I could picture was like Micah Utrecht and fucking like Boscar yelling at Ben like a Rocky training montage. <laughs> you gotta eat lightning and crap thunder, Burgess. Put the bagels down, Burgess. Put the bagels down. But I have a great recipe. <laughs> now is at the time. Okay, I'll stop. 87% of blacks live below the poverty line. This is before Brown versus Board of Education. Probably you did, you did no not choice. find you did not find these kind of black on black crime. Probably because we had no- Wait a minute. So, are you saying that only white people committed crimes to black people before Brown versus Board of Education? Because I don't think that's true. We've got, you know, rooms full of data that show that most crime is committed by people that live in proximity with each other. They know each other. So if you live in a predominantly white neighborhood, you're going to have white on white crime, right? Mm-hmm. Live in a predominantly black neighborhood, black on black crime, right? So what the fuck is this guy talking about? Dude. He's man. just making shit up now. He's just saying things. He's, he's pearly things. Um, Strom McCallum says... 
Have y'all watched the Tulsa King starring Sylvester Stallone? It is the reactionary boomer older Gen X shows reactionary boomer older Gen X show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Um, I got rid of tons of streaming services um, because, you know, viewership is not what it should be. So <laughs> if you guys want to share some passwords. I would like Burgess's bagel recipe if that's an offer. <laughs> I hope Ben is watching right now with his family on like a big screen TV and they're just cracking the hell up in the in the oh, living room. Nice. And his dad looks over and says, Hey, this colored guy is funny. This is the colored guy that was over here a few times. He's funny. You, you're not funny. <laughs> colored guy funny. You not funny. Not funny. No. I hope that made Ben Burgess a dad line. <laughs> so Charlemagne the God with his DNC. Also, too, when you assume that somebody is getting like notes from someone else, like DNC notes, mm-hmm. then when they look this unprepared, it's your way of going, see, the, the people that I don't like, they're not mentally equipped to deal with the people I like. He could be reading his own notes because yeah. when you're doing a show, you have your own. You, you have, have notes. notes. This show is pretty big. I'm sure they have production notes. Pretty sure. I'm I'm pretty sure that even as bad as these guys are prepared for Larry Elder, there's questions they're going to ask, production notes for at least who he is, things to pivot to. So those aren't coming from Barack Obama. <laughs> Bronco Obama. Bronco, Bronco Marta teach is Bronco. <laughs> Bronco Marta teach Obama. <laughs> what did we fuck up the other night? It was Saddam. No, it was Osama Barack Obama. <laughs> Osama Barack Obama's letter to America. Uh, Charlemagne. <laughs> Let uh, Larry know that the uh, problem with black America is the Jew-run media. (laughs) (laughs) A la Wackbar. Sean Moon, thank Mm -hmm. you very much. Shout out, Sean Moon. We appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Sean Moon says, personal responsibility is just code to blame yourself and never develop a class-conscious perspective. Market populism and entrepreneurialism shit is everywhere. It is everywhere. It's a fact. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> I need to make that a drop on the board. Surprise, surprise. Those videos have been making me die laughing on Instagram. Surprise, surprise. Bad Lefty says, well, Jason, if you cut down on the racism, YouTube might pay you. Look. Might. The racism is why I do this show. Okay. If it wasn't for the racism, maybe I'd be driving an Uber or something, being racist to the people that get in my shitty car. <laughs> Can you imagine me picking up a Haitian? Shut up. Are you Haitian? I know a Haitian. Do you know each other? Yes. <laughs> Name's Toussaint with a bouffant. Nope. Nope. Not ringing a bell. Nope. Okay. Nope. <laughs> Figured maybe the country's not that big. Hey, slow down there, 
Chief. <laughs> Robert Booth says, the problem is that you don't have enough viewers, Jason, is that your viewers are broke as fuck. Can I say something? This is going to sound stupid. Maybe I'm doing something right. Maybe I'm, I, I feel like I'm talking to my people then. So let's keep on talking shit. All right, come on. You guys, do it. there's people that have endured, endured like a shitty conversation with a family member where someone probably said some totally out-of-pocket racist shit. And there's people that are watching this show that wanted to interject their left politics at the table and everybody's eyes glazed over like they had fucking listen to Ben Stein talk. So, <laughs> you know, this is fun time. I am going to open up the phone lines. I'm not lying to you people because we're not going to the champagne room. I'm going to open up the phone lines. Let's just get through this. And I promise I'll open up the phone lines. I, I re-upped on the phone line bill. I see. Right? So I'm I won't be eating tonight. <laughs> no. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> but they still were living the, below the poverty line, though, sir. I'm sorry. You're forgetting the fact that they, they were still yeah. living below the poverty line. You're picking If I was Larry Elder, I'd be like, um, excuse me. Uh Bone Quifa, where'd you come from? Bone Quifa. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Excuse me, black girl magic. Can you please pipe down? You are a woman. <laughs> please know your place. <laughs> I don't see you making any grits. <laughs> your place is not in my face. Yeah, your place is not in my face. <laughs> you guys just let yours talk on their own, huh? <laughs> <laughs> this black woman has every right to be like what are you two fucking nitwits doing on screen right now exactly and choosing saying this was good but this was bad the bottom line they end between the poverty line but let's move forward well let me can i just can i address that in 1940 87 percent of blacks lived under the poverty line 1960, mm-hmm. that number had fallen to 47%. That's a 40-point drop in 20 years. That's the greatest. Well, Larry, do you want to talk about why that could be? Mm-hmm. Do you just think it's because niggas just stopped working? He pulled their pants up. <laughs> what, is, what is he talking about? What is he talking about? He's just pearly things. He's <laughs> got stats. What is he talking about, dude? 99% of all divorces are initiated by women. <laughs> like, where's the statistic? I just stop asking trick questions. For real? If you just, hey, from now on, you got, again, for people that are with their families right now, just start yelling out statistics that don't make any sense. Yep. 25% of all black people are uncircumcised. Wow. <laughs> There's a stat for you. <laughs> wow! Just bring that out of the just table. out of just nowhere, just out of nowhere. You know what this means? It's the end of circumcision for everyone. Already, seventy-eight percent of Asians are born with no circumcised penis. And just say that—that that doesn't make any sense. 
because no one's gonna be like by here. <laughs> no one's gonna say. No one's gonna say. Wait, wait, fucking. Who's born with a circumcised? Dick? <laughs> right. What are you talking? And then you go the Jews, and then you just fucking walk out of the room. Oh, no. You just walk out of the room. <laughs> That's who. Mic drop, and you just. Fifteen percent of red cars don't have a spare tire. <laughs> the problem with the effeminate man is that I read a report the other day that said 78% of men under the age of 35 cannot change a tire or locate a clitoris. Do you know what this means? <laughs> like what? How do those two things? During the Great Depression. These questions. How stoned were they in the survey room? (laughs) Nice. Bro, I think maybe for the next survey, we should just see who cut their dicks, right? Like circumcision. (laughs) Like, who's. (laughs) If you just spit this shit out rapid fire. You're so busy because you're they're saying words and you're spinning. It's like one of those movies where the guy realizes that the bad guy was the girlfriend all along. Right. Where the girlfriend realizes the boyfriend was the bad guy all along and they start spinning around and all everything started to make sense. <laughs> Every time Larry Elder talks, it's, just, it's that scene. God. So it's almost like a fucking acid trip. This 20-year period of economic expansion for black people in the history of America. Again, well before Brown versus Board of Education, well before the KKK. uh, uh, uh. So, Larry, what you're saying is one of the best things that ever happened for black people to help get black people out of poverty and up under the thumb of the Jim Crow South were, you know, jobs programs. and, Mm. And what we saw with the New Deal, things like the GI Bill. That actually helped birth the civil rights movement because so many black people got involved politically because they understood then that it is through politics that we can see generational change. Oh, wow, Larry, thanks, dude. Thanks for letting us know that a Democrat, FDR, (laughs) right? Larry Elder is so retarded that in one side of his mouth, he's like, the Great Society was a failure. That's true. And then he says, but the New Deal was not. And can't really talk to how the Great Society was supposed to be some sort of extension of the New Deal, but how it could never work economically for you know other reasons. And these two idiots have no idea what he's talking about. For them, history is TV shows from the 70s. So there was The Waltons and Little House on the Prairie and Good Times. <laughs> That's history. That's it. That's history. Right? That's history for them. And Larry Elder's like, 
I know history, kind of. <laughs> and the black woman is just mad. She is she, mad. She's mad because, you know, she wants to say white supremacy and he won't let her. And she definitely wants to say what you're saying is wrong, but I, I don't necessarily know why it's wrong, but it's wrong. Exactly. All right. Exactly. Hopefully, hopefully black girl magic gets to jump in again. Imploded well before we had race-based preferences. Why? Because it was rare for a black kid to be raised in a, in a family without a father in the home. That's not true. But anyway. He said the KKK imploded. The KKK imploded? That's what he said. Because niggas got jobs? Hey. What are we going to hate? <laughs> <laughs> Dennis. Yeah. Niggers got jobs in the north. Fuck. <laughs> what are we going to hate? What's around here for us to hate? I don't know, man. There's like an Asian family down the road. <laughs> I think they're Japanese. They imploded. <laughs> wow. There's some Venezuelans around the way. They're kind of niggerish looking. They got kinky hair. Speak that googly Spanish talk. There's a there's a movie in there for sure. The KKK imploded. <laughs> David Russell says, when you have too much KKK, it blows under its own weight. <laughs> KKK budget was just so bloated. It was overspending. What? What? How much are we spending on hoods? What is this? Silk hoods? <laughs> What's going on with the with the chapter in Mobile? So good. Wait, what is going on? I thought we agreed. <laughs> How many crosses do you need to burn to get a family of niggas out of the neighborhood? Seven crosses? We can't keep this up. We can't afford this anymore. Gotta cut back. Gotta cut back. Why can't we get this job, Toussaint? I don't know, man. Fuck. I think the ratings would be through the roof if we interviewed Larry Elder and we didn't even like push back. We just asked him questions and let him answer like that and we just made fun of him. Like, why even bother pushing back? Just make fun of him. You might as well. He's gish galloping all over the place. All over the place. Well, there were fathers in the home. Where's your stats for that, doucher? Surprise, surprise. <laughs> Could it be that those fathers in the homes actually had jobs, maybe? Maybe they did. <laughs> like, you know how my, you want to hear something funny? <laughs> there was a Ford plant where I'm from in Richmond, California. That is now a music venue. And actually, before it was a Ford plant, they were, they were manufacturing arms there, right? My, both of my grandparents, both sets of my grandparents met there. Wow. Before they had my parents, they all worked in the same factory. Oh, my gosh. Crazy, right? Yeah. It's like black people had jobs. <laughs> it's like it's like black women got to go to work. What? What? Crazy. What are you talking about? 
dual income households what the new deal what what a novel concept there larry elder you're saying putting people to work helped the economy and helped build a burgeoning black middle class hmm. wow what do you know hmm. 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 interesting how about that how about that but these niggas still trying to talk about how poverty they are. This is stupid. The stupidity is all over the place. Belief in Judeo-Christian values. A belief. That's what it was. Definitely. You know. It's because you didn't go to church. This is when you need fucking anti-racist, racist slick Rick to drop a rock. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, no. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Even as America wasn't applying these values to black people, obviously, uh, and a belief in entrepreneurship. All those things are now under assault by organizations like Black Lives Matter, Charlemagne. Black um, I'm going to go out of my way and say a nonprofit organization is not against black entrepreneurship. Considering, considering all of the hundreds of millions of dollars that were dumped into all these black entrepreneurship incubator programs during George Floyd. It's ridiculous hmm. to say that Black Lives Matter is against something that they're all for. That's how they made hundreds of millions of dollars. I mean, what are you talking about? You're just making stuff up in your head to two idiots. Mm. Hey, Larry, you want to go on the breakfast club? Oh, you mean with Ren and Stimpy? <laughs> sure. <laughs> That's racist. Good. Black Lives Matter had on their website an attack on the nuclear family. Uh, the founders are self-described Marxists, trained Marxists. Larry Elder, they are as Marxist as you are, okay? What is a trained Marxist? Is that like an American ninja? They got black belts in Marxism. You know, when you train martial arts or boxing or any kind of combat sport, or even if you just train with weights, you can see... Right. You work out. Right. Tucson, you've, everybody's worked out. Everybody's done something. Even in P fucking E. Everybody's worked out. You've done push ups. And what's the first thing you do? You look in the mirror and you're like, ooh. <laughs> After you get that pump, you're like, ooh. Look at the titties. Like, ah, 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 ah. Right. Right. Hold on. Hold on. Let's do this. Tucson, I'm just going to piss you off. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Right. How do you train at Marxism and then you just look in the mirror like, yeah, I just read the manifesto. I have no idea what I read. But look at those dialectics. Look baby. at those dialectics. No, 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 no. Third degree Marxism black belts. what I have. Third degree. Don't mess with BLM, dude. They're fucking stealthy. They're trained Marxists. 
Stop with Black Diamond. He's acting like fucking the Black Lives Matter chicks are gonna like jump up from behind the table with one of those ninja things where they <laughs> <laughs> hits him in the neck. And he... <laughs> <laughs> Once again, I was foiled by a train Marxist. <laughs> This fucking guy on your left says, sign up for my Marxist masterclass. My Black Friday sale will let you sign up for just sixteen nineteen a month. <laughs> oh, my God. Who the fuck is he talking about, dude? G.I. Joe? BLM is self-described G.I. Joe. <laughs> Anti-terrorist task force. BLM is there. BLM. BLM. <laughs> Jason's rewrite of the green book is wild. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Marx wanted to dethrone God was an atheist. Marx wanted to dethrone God. Why is Marx a battle rapper? <laughs> He's the king of New York. <laughs> I run New York. <laughs> <laughs> Marx is coming in with 808s and shit. <laughs> He got Metro Boomin on the track. <laughs> New York! <laughs> Fuck, it's the Karl Marx you're talking about. This nigga sound like he's the hardest nigga alive. For real. Karl Marx sound like 50 Cent when that first album dropped. <laughs> nope. Go Ingles. <laughs> Go Ingles. Like, fuck is this? Who is the Karl Marx in your mind, dude? First of all, he's got a cool natural, though. True. 15% of fathers were in 7% of the homes. <laughs> New York! <laughs> Can you do, do, do? <laughs> Can you do, do, do? Do, 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 do. <laughs> Marx is DMX to Dr. Claw. <laughs> what you really want? <laughs> there you go. Dude. The Karl Marx that Larry Elder is talking about would definitely have a much larger black following if any of the things that he wrote sounded like the way Larry Elder is describing him. Totally agree. Because if I was heard someone say, like, on, like I was in the barbershop, like, yo, man, this nigga Marx talking about killing God. Word? What's, <laughs> well, that sounds kind of awesome. He went to hell for snuffing Jesus. Fuck. Is it, he's harder than Nas. He's harder than Nas. Remember when Nas came out and he was like, I'm like the Afrocentric Asian, half man, half amazing. That's Karl Marx. That's Karl Marx right there. That's Karl Marx right there. You know, Karl Marx actually ghost wrote all Nas' first album. I believe it. 
that's when you need to say you go into breakfast club and you just go hey like word is born like what you what y'all don't really know because i'm a music industry insider right carl marx actually wrote the whole nas first album he produced it too large professor and pete rock and all them niggas nah 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 it was called he doesn't sample word is born he doesn't sample he samples himself word is born <laughs> on my mother, yo. On my mother, yo. On oh, God. On oh, God. <laughs> I can't even say on God because Marx is God. I can't say that because he will snuff me out. On my mother, yo. <laughs> my mother's my heart. Uh, on my mother, yo. Carl Marx played the drums on all them songs. Where does go? Where does where does Bond? <laughs> brought this nigga Ingles play the bass. Where does God? The angles play the bass. <laughs> I'm, a mother, I'm a mother, yo. I'm a mother, yo. That nigga, that nigga, that nigga called Bob James. Word is born. Tucson, are you just hitting mute? Don't, yeah, hit, mute. Were... Don't hit mute because I, I think that my internet dropped when you did that. So just deal with the noise. Okay, okay. It, it, it adds to the affect. Where is born? Where is born? He's from New York right now. Word. And Carl Marx is from New York. Where is born? Dead ass. Dead. Word. Check it. Check it. Marx? That nigga Marx? Marx. Don't fuck with that nigga, man. Word. That's who Larry Elder is describing right now. I want to buy Marx's hey, Marx album. Just <laughs> waiting for that album to drop. I heard he has some good features. <laughs> Karl Marx and the trained Marxist assassins <laughs> are the most amazing thing. Larry Elder has constructed magical Negroes that got jobs just because like racism stopped existing. <laughs> just uh, I'm here for the work. <laughs> okay, Leon. <laughs> just You look like one of the good ones. <laughs> you, you look like you possess Judeo-Christian values. Are you a father? Yes, sir. <laughs> do, you, do you live with your family? Of course, sir. I's never leave my cheering. Well, Leon, you got a job with us. I promise we're going to go to the phone lines. <laughs> I just didn't know. And here, I'll be even worse with you guys. Toussaint sent this to me when I was riding a bus in Mexico. And it's, they're the, the worst rides ever. And if I would even try to listen to this shit, I would have got car sick. So <laughs> I saw like two minutes of it. And all this is new for me. I will stop. I promise this is the last clip. We'll open the phone lines after this. If I don't, you guys can all come here and punch me in the shins. Not shins. kick me, punch me. It's fucked up if you kick me. Not believe in capitalism, uh, let alone entrepreneurship. All the things that made black people still survive. Of course they believe in entrepreneurship, dude. They all have their own businesses, you numb nuts. In virulent racism are now under attack by organizations like Black Lives Matter. All of those things have always been under attack by white supremacy. Hey, people how Charlamagne may show to take that conversation off BLM, bro. 
Bro, he provides you with nothing but facts. Bro, the brother was spitting that good stuff. He's too comfortable, and that eye is doing whatever it wants to do right now. <laughs> no. You need to stay disciplined, my nigga, and you focus. Because <laughs> when you get comfortable, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck is going on. It's like the toy. Remember that old school toy where you shook it in the googly eye? <laughs> oh, my gosh. My nigga, I'm going to need you to concentrate real hard. Focus. Oh, we never going to talk about your jailhouse ass fucking barber smock. We just going to talk about your crazy eye. All right, he brought the receipts, brought up Black Lives Matter mission statement. And what y'all's main response was? Yo, what about the white supremacists? Yo, we can get to them, but we can't talk about Black Lives Matter, Charlamagne? We can't talk about Black Lives Matter? But Larry Elder allowed him to pivot to the white supremacy and he debunked that too, bro. And let's talk about when they talk about entrepreneurship. They are giving so much money to these white and Asian kids and Asian people doing it. And uh, uh, what are white and Asian kids getting money for? I have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> Is there just white? Hey, hey, I have a left show on the internet. White people. <laughs> Please chime in and tell me, are there other white people just handing you money? Because if so, that's fucked up. (laughs) Just just handing it out. Are you just walking to school and shit, and there's just a guy going, hey, over here. You're white, right? White, right? All the way white? Yeah. Yeah, take it. Yeah. (laughs) What's this for? That talking point... Is as bad as Larry Elder. Who is the Asian kids getting all the money? Bad Lefty says, shh. <laughs> Andrew Milhern says, we should have people who hand out money to people of all races. <laughs> sure, that's fine. Maybe I don't God's need a racial video. If a white man just handed me a handful of money, like, hey, 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 you colored, right? Yeah. Take it. Shh, take it. Thank you. Don't even say nothing. Just take it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) What? Is Mr. Beast when you need him? Did I tell you my buddy works for Mr. Beast? I had no idea. Seriously? Yeah, I was asking my buddy. You know, he used to be in in a pretty pretty big band. I won't say which one. And uh, and I was like, oh, what are you doing now? And I see you're not doing music anymore. He goes, oh, I work for Mr. Beast. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. He was like, I do all his merchandise. I was like, no shit. Wow. Which is why he won't come on the show. (laughs) He's like, I ain't fucking up this bag for your black ass. Thousand times less than our community. Will you agree to any of that? No, no, I don't. I don't agree with virtually any any of what you just now said. The the turndown rate for a white applicant for a mortgage is higher than the turndown rate for a Japanese or Chinese applicant for a mortgage. I don't even understand what that is. The turn down rate. That's another one of those. I just made some shit up. He's just pearly things. Because what credit score do these people have? What income to debt ratio do these people have? What is the loan amount they're applying for? They don't just turn people down because of their ethnicity. You fucking stupid. That's the dumbest thing I ever heard in my fucking life. And why are you bringing up Japanese people? What is this, 1984? 
fuck is wrong with you, Larry Elder? Come on, dude. What rusty-ass playbook did you dust off before you went to go talk to these raggedy-ass niggas? He just woke up. You sound like you fell out of the Cold War. Once again, get back in the DeLorean, McFly, and go back to 1987, where some of this shit had relevance. <laughs> Dr. Closet Larry Elder is basically on his crap GPT. Crap GPT. <laughs> Larry Elder is like, look, black people, no. Chinese, Japanese, dirty knees, look at these. Like, what? what is Larry Elder is just. He's just saying. Sean Moon says Rusty has playbook. The bell curve. <laughs> this is insane. He's just saying nothing. Yep. The turndown rate for the turndown rate. So what? Um and then what I would have been like, Larry, turn down for what, man? <laughs> 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 I would have popped my ass on the fucking table right in front of him. Segway <laughs> into playing some music. I would have been like, hey, Larry, look at this. <laughs> my nuts is big, my booty hole brown. <laughs> <laughs> Also, this is where my family doesn't invite me to any functions. <laughs> my cousin came to the live show and she was just she just shook her head and I was like, now you see why I've become like the fun uncle that only comes around like once every ten years. Small doses. Small doses. <laughs> Cause I don't have that black family that's like, don't talk to him. He left to become a musician. <laughs> Like what black family would be mad at that? And in the like who? Sure. It's the dumbest shit ever. Now, are you telling me that banks are discriminating against whites and in favor of Asian Americans? It's because their credit scores are better. They often live below their means, they save more, even when they're making the same amount of money. Wow, Reggie White. I thought you died like twenty years ago. They live below their means and they save more. Larry Elder has never been to Orange County. I was with an Asian by the name of Dr. Catherine Liu. I I get to stay at her house with her and her family. And for fun, we go to places in Orange County that are filled with ridiculously rich Chinese people. Crazy rich Asians. They are not below any means whatsoever they're acting a goddamn fool mm. i saw a nick you know that remember that dave Chappelle skit if niggas won the lottery or got right. reparations i bought a fur house that's how these chinese people act <laughs> i have an asian friend i have an asian friend and we went and did some asian shit and, I, and i'll tell you what 
I, my mouth was open the whole time. I was like, these niggas is wilding out here. <laughs> we spent the whole time cracking the fuck up. And this fool was acting like every Asian he knows is digging in the garbage can, going to the food pantry. Right. Larry Elder, remember when Reggie White did that sermon and that was the most racist sermon ever, but it was like coming from a decent place. So he wasn't saying anything mean. They just weren't like nice. He's like, and Orientals have the power of intelligence. They can turn a watch into a television. And you're like, oh, okay, I guess. Cool. <laughs> Orientals. Larry Elder definitely says Orientals. Yeah. Low key, right? <laughs> Larry Elder definitely says Orientals. So, sorry, we're almost done with this clip. Money that people do. If you have poor credit score, you're not going to get a loan. Period. End of statement. But, but why does the turn down rate though? Who who's applying for a loan with like a 400 credit score and 20 bucks? Does he just think niggas show up to the mortgage broker? I want a house. <laughs> The white folks have a house. I want the house. I want a fur house. I want a fur <laughs> What? What? He's insane. I made over a million dollars in the home loan business. And at one point in my life, I owned multiple properties throughout the United States. I lost everything when the market crashed, right? There were definitely people that would apply that didn't have enough money, but it never was like ridiculously low credit scores and no money. It was one or the other. And a lot of times it would be like a multiple family situation. Well, you know, I don't have the credit. You know, maybe you know, 15 of us are going to buy this house. We all want a house. Larry Elder is just making shit up to fit in his underclass ideology framework. Yeah. That niggas are mentally defective and devoid of any sort of knowledge. Yes. And it's offensive. And these two assholes are letting him do this highly offensive. Dude, we lost a few patrons when <laughs> I yelled at David Feldman. Right? Yeah. But I felt he was being highly fucking offensive and racist. Wasn't cool. And he wanted to double down on the racism. Wasn't cool. There's other times. I was on Savvy Sab's show. And she was being ridiculous. Calling a boycott of products a general strike. And acting as if it was the most revolutionary thing that could be done to bring 
capitalism to its knees was to not buy anything for six months. I thought that was the dumbest thing I ever heard in my fucking life. And I called it out on air. Got a lot of hate for it. But it's ridiculous to think like that and then to speak in public. How dare you have Larry Elder on this? What's what's a good word that's beyond horrible? He's been a right wing character for decades. Mm -hmm. There's enough tape on this guy that you should have known his talking points. You should have known how to, he's written books, should have known how to address it. And you should have known how to break down these arguments. But instead you wanted to go, we're just going to say white supremacy because white supremacy is what it's all about. And, And you know what? To the chagrin of fucking sleepy eyed fucking Joe over here. Larry Eller does not address white supremacy. Mm-mm. He doesn't even really talk about how it doesn't function. He starts talking about mythical Negroes in the 1920s. It's like the nigga watched Harlem Nights and thought all black people lived in New York. <laughs> it's fucking offensive. It's offensive. To let that man say that nonsense because one of the reasons why I started this show is because there's too many people that I've encountered in my life that sound like barbershop smock serial killer. Mm. Hides of innocent women in the closet guy. Because your understanding of the world isn't through what you've read. Your understanding of the world is through what you've experienced. And Larry Elder isn't talking about a mythical white man. He's talking about what you actually experience. So what you see is, especially if you live in a city filled with poor people and poor people that look like you, you see a lot of people on social services. And if you believe social services are bad because maybe you've experienced life on social services and you understand the way we demonize and criminalize people on social services, right? You have no rights once you're on social services. You are a ward of the state. The United States does not like doling out public goods. We don't call it public goods. And if you're looking at it through that lens, Of course, you're going to see it as a deficiency in your character. Mm -hmm. And instead of calling out, hey, Larry, when you talk about this fucking golden age of Negrodom, you're talking about it at a time during redlining. So you understand the power of public goods governance and what it can do. For impoverished people. And instead, step and fetch it over there. 
all they can say is, but what about the white man, So, of course, this kid, who seems like, you know, all jokes aside, he seems like a good intention person. Yeah. There's a, a gamified way that we like to view the world where everything is about wins and losses. So he sees Larry Elder, quote, winning. Yeah. What do we call yeah. him? Like, winning, winning. I think of winning. I think of eating, winning. That's why this shit angers me. Because I say it so much on this show. We are getting a return to 90s rhetoric. Underclass ideology is back. And it's no longer gang wars and drive-by shootings. It's, can you believe four black people went in a fucking Gucci store and stole some belts? Ugh. Bird, that's what you're mad about. That's what's the end all be all for you. That's why you need to lock them up. Hmm. You ever steal anything? Hmm. Good to know. What happened? How did those crime rates get lowered? Locked everybody up. There's a handful of things that happened during that time. Gang violence is one of them. Mm-hmm. I talked about crack cocaine at not ad nauseum. You don't need to do it again. There's another case that really sticks in the craw of a lot of people that was very, very important. That was a young lady named Polly Class. Polly Class was, I believe, 12 years old. And a man named Richard Alton Davis, Alan Davis, broke into her house while she was having a slumber party. Her parents were gone, I believe, at the time. He stole her. He was, like, high out of his mind and killed her. Mm-hmm. And he had a long rap sheet of violent crime. And the solution to never having another poly class, this, this is where you get three strikes, you're outlaws. Yeah. Three strikes, you're out was supposed to be a federal law. They got challenged. Supreme Court said, nah, dude. California definitely has three strikes. There's a Negro in jail right now. I think he's still alive. First cat to get it. He was like an accessory. He had a long rap sheet, but he was an accessory. Under the jail. You ain't getting out. Rap for you, homie. But what we're getting at here is who suffered the most? It was a way to police a surplus population that you were not going to use public goods governance on because the plan was to cut public goods governance. Larry Elder cannot speak to that. These two coons can't speak to that. And this young man doesn't understand any of that. Because most people get their information from the fucking internet. They get it from breakdown videos like this. And when you say stuff like, I don't really have a political affiliation or ideology. I'm just a dude sitting in the middle. I'm not being honest. Maybe you don't know how to be honest. Maybe you don't feel comfortable being honest. 
These are problems. <sighs> On that note, Toussaint, be entertaining. No. You can open up the phone line. On that note. Yeah. Well, I just came across this video and I was like, I don't even know what to say to this. I have to share this. You know, you see something terrible, you have to share it with other people so they can also see something terrible. So, yeah, Jason is my person. We send each other stuff like this. I had to send him this. I'm glad he watched it. Ah, Larry Elder can be handled, but you need to know who you're dealing with. Uh, and clearly Charlemagne and Envy and the woman that they had there didn't know who they were dealing with. People like this have their talking points. You know, despite what this man said, he said that Charlemagne had talking points. Larry Elder obviously has talking points. And he uses them over and over. So maybe you should you should learn those. Learn how to refute those. Or maybe try to have a real, like, conversation with him or something. As an interviewer, that just went completely sideways. He, he dominated the whole thing. And that's not what you want. No, they didn't do any homework, Bad Lefty. They thought it was a day off, not a day on. He wants to be the new Larry Elder. Who's that? Does anybody know who that lady is? She's been on BJG's show. I don't know who that is. Are you guys enjoying your Thanksgiving? Are you enjoying what we're doing? We're supposed to get to. Sorry, they were being difficult with me. Okay. And by they, I mean the phone app. Stupid phone. So, so call in area code 510-319-1899. That is area code 510-319-1899. I should have done 1619. I was trying to, I was trying to do the thing like call TIR, but I didn't get it. Wow. <laughs> Bam, we're going to get the ticker back. Get the ticker back. What do you guys think about Larry Elder? What do you think about, you know, the Breakfast Club? How do you feel about this kind of stuff? Like, look, how many views does this guy have? Let's see. Nothing going to be more than me. Uh, he's got 127,000 subscribers, and this video that came out three months ago has 400 and 20,000 views. So you can add up all the big shows in our world and it and it will pale in comparison to what this one show has. Insane. 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 Ugh. Um put the number in the chat they say. We will do that. Again, area code 510. 
because that's where I'm from. The nickel and dime. 319-1899-1899. You should put it in the chat. Apparently yeah. that helps. I did. You know why? Because I love you. Oh, thank you. Saving your fingers. We have some calls. I'm having trouble with the interface. Oh, see, they're effing with everybody, huh? I'm gonna push. I'm gonna push uh, a longtime caller through. Okay. Caller calling from. Hold on. Uh, that's Mac is texting me right now, and Mac said I forgot it was colonizer call-in night. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mac. <sighs> Okay, this okay, caller calling from an 818 area code. Caller, what is your name and where are you calling from? Hey, Dave from Jamaica. How are you doing, Jason? Hello. Bruh. Where you, where you been at? What's up? Uh, work. No mind. So. You said in the <laughs> we did so many shows where we made fun of Jamaicans and said it was you. Oh, uh, you know, oh, I'm sorry I missed those. <laughs> but just to catch up on now, the latest Jamaican slander. <laughs> well, what's up? What's on your mind, brother? Well, funny enough. When you brought up the the, the coon versus coon off discussion, um, it reminded me of something I watched from FD recently. Mm-hmm. I think he did something on interracial stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't want to give it away so people can watch it. I thought it was pretty good and funny and insightful. But the part that brought that kind of caught me off guard especially when you were doing the DMX bit. He's like, I don't know what the hell happened to Eve. And I was shocked. <laughs> you know Eve from Rope Riders? Yeah, she married a white guy. Really she rich white guy. Yeah. 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 He might, he might. And then she goes, stop rapping. Yep. <laughs> Disappeared off the face of the earth. I mean, wouldn't I, you? I can't blame her if she wants to live a good life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you think if some rich white woman well, snatched me up, I'm doing this? Sh- Sorry, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that noise! No, it's no hate on Eve. I was just curious what happened to her. She's like, wonder what happened to Eve. Oh no, she married a white man and said, "I'm through with you niggas." Now she talks like Larry Elder. <laughs> well, you know, in fairness to Eve, she she's remained low on the radar. So you know, she doesn't live in the life. <laughs> not really talking shit or doing anything mad. Fair so. enough. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing to talk but, shit about. Life is uh, fun. Right. So, you know, I respect that. I, the ones I have problems with are the ones who kind of make interracial dating their personality. Those are the annoying. They're like vegans, but racist. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you know, you know the type I'm talking about. Racist, racist, racist. Like, oh, no. 
<laughs> I think we just found a new T.I. character. Yeah, yes, I do. Yeah. I know exactly. <laughs> I know exactly the type of person you're talking about. Yes, I do. I know exactly the type of person you're talking about. It's so annoying because, like, yeah, you're dating a white chick. That's fine, but shut up. I don't. So mean black women suck. What's wrong with you? Because <laughs> you know, like, shut up. I don't want to hear that. Pog Chaser MLK is like that now. After after you discovered fat ass white women. Oh my God, brother Abernathy, <laughs> I can no longer deal with an attitude of a black woman. My snow bunny does not get mad. <laughs> She breaks nothing in my house, brother Abernathy. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of my pet peeves. So I'm in an interracial relationship, right? Um, how can I say this? It's not something I even think about. So when I hear people go on and on about it. It's, very off-putting, if you know what I mean. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. But then again, maybe it's the, the culture we live in now in, where there's no normal people left. <laughs> it's just weird. It's just racist <laughs> vegans, man. That's all, that's all that's left. That's all you got is racist vegans and, uh, you know, uh, the characters we make mm-hmm. up on this show make the world a better place, I think. If we... If well, we uh, well, to the topic of the, the Larry Elder's discussion with um, Charlemagne, right? To be fair, not to be fair, I'm not being fair to Charlemagne. That, that, the level of research he does is about the same <laughs> for any topic. Remember way back <laughs> when when he had Bernie on? Yeah. And he basically looked like he, just, he, he might have just watched MSNBC clips and maybe browsed the wiki article or something like that. Oof. So it, it is the same level of preparation. But with Larry Elders, what I notice is, is whether the conservative be black or white, they all say the same shit. It's all mm-hmm. about these super powerful yet super weak Marxist ninjas out there. And everybody's a Marxist. <laughs> <laughs> it's all always the same shit. You could literally take Larry Elder out of that seat and put in Charlie Kirk and you get pretty much the same shit. I I think if, uh, if, if you right now, Dave, if you walk around and you see like people wear those mm-hmm. you know how cats wear those shoes with the toes in them? Those are trained Marxists. Mm-hmm. Anyone that wears <laughs> shoes with toes in them, trained Marxists. That's a Marxist ninja. Don't fuck with that cat. <laughs> Gonna, they're gonna throw, they're gonna <laughs> when disappear. You're like, where'd he go? Marxist ninja. You know, don't don't mess with that cat. Dialectic technique. Dialect. You're done. You're done. <laughs> you're done. If they if you see the little toes in the feet shoe guy, fuck, you leave. Mm-hmm. Marxist ninja. No one alive. I think the closest thing I've seen to this, and it's not really that close. There is an anime about Charles Marx. Granted, it's made by the Chinese. So I don't know if it's anime, but it's not very. It's not very exciting. <laughs> it's just historical uh, to the point where I'm like, why not retire to Marx? <laughs> I mean, or he does need the art team to have some work. <laughs> 
I dude, I'd watch a Marx cartoon. I'm under the Chinese. I'd watch a Marx cartoon. The thing is, I think the Chinese don't like beards because they refuse to put a beard on young Marx. I don't know why. (laughs) He had a beard. I'm upset. Well, Dave, thank you for but, your call. You know, we got we got a bunch of calls here that we want no, to get through before you guys. Oh, I'm glad you got a bunch. Of calls. We do, we have a bunch. Um, we want to get through before before we all go to sleep because it's late in New York for Tucson. Um, who can't get the interface? So yes. I have to I have to be the call screener. So. Oh. Well. Yeah. All right, Jason. See you guys later. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. Later. That's a that's a long time caller, Dave from Jamaica. I'm glad he was able to call in. Um, we've never met Dave in real life, but we actually like met Dave's uh, lady friend in real life. Mm-hmm. Um, so we may not know you, but we know you. Who you with? <laughs> Someone said Richard Marks is Shrek's therapy. That's funny. For a while, I was messing around on Twitter and I put a picture of Richard Marks. I was like, this is the only Marks that matters to me. <laughs> yeah. No one commented. It's fucked up. Caller calling from a 475 area code. What is your name and where are you calling from? Hey, it's on your left. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. What's up, dude? Hey, uh, yeah, I've been under the radar for a little while, but I figured I'd use this as an opportunity to promote my uh, Marxist master class. Uh, just for a brief uh, $5,000, we will send you to the Congo uh, to train in combat so you can be a trained Marxist um, and, you know, strike fear into the heart of Larry Elder. Um, so, you know, just think about it. I know it's a big financial commitment, but um, it's probably worth it, I think. Um, does it come with uh, a money-back guarantee or any sort of, like, special prize? Like, if you act now, you get a free ninja star. Well, after you go, you realize that money's all a social construct. <laughs> You know, you just you don't you won't need it back. But we will throw in an AR fifteen for an additional five K and you can get some rare earth minerals to bring home to your friends and family. It'll be great. The sad thing is the sad thing is I noticed there's people in the world that be like, Oh dude, I saw this class to be a trained Marxist. <laughs> <laughs> Go to the Congo? You know it, dude. What did you think of Larry Elder on your left? I mean, I, it kind of made me struck by just how sort of culturally and politically we're sort of stuck and we're just Groundhog Day all the time. But I, I'm, I'm particularly struck by the fact that meanwhile, behind the scenes, Things are actually changing in a very meaningful way with sort of the, the globalization of capital at a new scale. And mm-hmm. so something's got to give at some point. Our, our cultural and political kind of vocabulary and tropes 
uh, aren't going to be able to sustain uh, the transition period. And so I'm just, it feels like we're just in kind of like failed, uh, you know, stuck mode, but it feels like it's something's got to give at some point. Um, and, and we'll see what it looks like. I mean, it could be good. It could be bad. It could be nothing, but uh, it's just weird how everything just feels like the eighties, nineties right now, like across the board. Um, you know, even, even like just to the point of like, you know, this is appointed Larry Summers to the board of open AI, right? Like just Larry Summers, like just came up from the firmament, right? And was like, oh yeah, that guy. All right. Like, where the heck did that come from? So it's just like everything is like 90s themed right now. Um, and, and it's just really, really bizarre. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we're stuck and I think we're going to be stuck for a little while, but I'll, I'm curious to see where it goes. Oh, Jesus. Well, look, on your left, thank you for your call. I appreciate you still watching the show years later. Mm-hmm. Have a very yeah, good and holiday. Yeah, the checks are still clearing, so. <laughs> <laughs> have a very good night and have a really good rest of your holiday evening. You too. Happy holidays. Peace. This is fun. I'm having fun. I haven't heard from these people in a long time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and this is really cool to to kind of it almost feels like the trip down memory lane. So thank you guys for calling. Dave from Jamaica. Um you're you're kind of a call in celebrity on shows, right? You you're the guy that calls in bigger shows and you you started calling in on this show. We were having some fun some fun times and you even bring us up on other shows when you call in. So we, we always appreciate you. Um The other day, Tucson, mm-hmm. whenever they hear the theme music to the show, they do a double Soviet to a Hulk smash. <laughs> Don't hurt yourself. <laughs> this sh- I can't speak for anyone else that works on the show. I will say that the show for everybody is a definitely a passion project, but the thing that makes us enjoy doing it is you guys. This is going to sound corny is you guys. I'm being totally serious. It's, you know, Steve Anglo pessimism. I got to call Emma Viglin an Anglo pessimist. You did. You did. Um, it's joking with us when we go on these tirades and, and, writing in the things that Pog Champ MLK is going to say and all the other characters that we create. And uh, it's, I'll be, this is one of those like vulnerable moments where you don't want to be too honest on air. It's like, you know, it sucks not to be with your family sometimes during certain, certain times of the year, mm-hmm. but there is a bit of a family feeling I get from this show. So I definitely appreciate the people that bother watching and and bother supporting it go it, it enables us to keep doing it we wouldn't be able to do it if people didn't support through patreon and super chats and buying merchandise and all those things exactly so shout out to political pain fans i don't have right 
<laughs> I told you at my own book launch. This guy's like, ah, it seemed interesting. I saw you on Left Reckoning. Oh, do you watch the show? No. No. Never heard of it. No. No. Ben Bird just walks in, dude's fucking mouth drops open. Jesus. Gotta stop telling Ben to wear those tight pants. <laughs> stop wearing those skinny jeans. Ben was wearing skinny jeans with a suit jacket and a Bernie shirt. The suit jacket was all popped up in the back from that. Apple bottom jeans. Sport coat with the patches. Wow. Ben Burgess's hot like lit matches. <laughs> If Ben is watching right now, he is going to be like, you're retarded. It's your favorite word now. Oh, I, sorry, guys. This is off air, Jason. <laughs> I threw caution to the wind today. It's a holiday. You think I'm going to get, I'm probably going to get some hate mail. Fuck. There's nothing worse than getting a hate message. Yeah. Fuck. Mm, I wish I printed them out and made a collage. Nice. Okay. This caller. You, I'm so sad. You, are you in the screen now, Tucson? Yes, I can get it now. You want to push somebody through? I will push the next person through. Alrighty. Calling from a 619 area code. Caller, what's your name? Where are you calling from? And what did you have for dinner tonight? Miss C. Calling from San Diego. Yee! Uh, I had turkey. I went out to eat had turkey. Oh, you didn't you didn't have nothing crazy. Nothing crazy, no family dinner? Oh, I don't even got no family in San Diego. Oh, come to Mexico. I'm, 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 I'm originally from, I'm originally from Texas. Well, there's tons yeah, of Negroes from Texas. San Diego. There's tons of Negroes from all over in San Diego because ain't no Negroes from San Diego. <laughs> Not really. There's a few Negroes here. Them motherfuckers is hiding. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever you see a black person in San Diego, it's like when you spot a deer when you live in a city. <laughs> and black That's serious. That's serious. You watch them drink water. <laughs> a 40 ounce. So peaceful, so majestic. <laughs> Negroes are so majestic. Steve. <laughs> Can you please comment on the negrosity of what happened on the Breakfast Club? Of course, because obviously, you know, there, you know, people got to understand there's different levels to the Coon Kingdom, and Larry Elder is like apex predator in the Coon Kingdom, and there was no way Charlemagne and them stood a chance from the beginning. It, you know, I, I just don't. I just don't get what the point of having, you know, Larry Elder on is if, like, you ain't going to even have nothing. Like, you can't push back on, like, uh, criminal justice. You know, you ain't got a better point than to say criminal justice or just blaming white people. And, you know, 
I, I think people say think Charlamagne got like a lot of uh, influence, but you know he really don't. Charlamagne kind of like the average dude I interacted with at the barbershop like every weekend. They kind of know a little bit here and there, but they really don't have no firm belief on like anything. They know they want to be a, like a capitalist or whatever, or they know they want to go into entrepreneurship. I mean, prime example right now, DJ Envy is what caught up in a scam case for yeah. you know over real estate. Yeah. So these like the like the type of guys that they are, and it's just like a lot of black people watch that show and they kind of like fall into this like same mindset like over and over and over again because this stuff that Larry Elder saying is just like repacking stuff that Dr. Umar said like if mm. we wasn't such degenerates then maybe the black community could like get themselves together you know I think sometimes you know uh, Larry Elder is you know it's obvious with Larry Elder and with some of these other people it's not so obvious it's not as obvious that Dr. Umar is a coon like most people think Dr. Umar is like an African revolutionary, but that nigga just doing a a, a a different variation of the bit that Larry Elder's fucking doing. Agreed. That's actually a really you know, good point. Just, you know, but 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 if you ask people about those people politics, they will tell you that those two dudes got very distinct different politics. Where the people who love Umar will watch the same clip of Larry Elder and say that they hate Larry Elder and Larry Elder is a coon. Once you tell and a it's po- just like that level of confusion. But Steve, you know, once you tell someone that black nationalism is a conservative ideology, they're going to look at you crazy. It's like, but it's conservative ideology. It's what it is. You don't have to hate it. Yeah. You know, it just is what it is. So, of course, they're going to align. Their politics are definitely going to align. And I agree with what you're saying wholeheartedly that Umar and and uh, Larry Elder are kind of saying a variation of the same thing. And why is Umar taken it, as this serious it, person? But, again, because Umar does have a a, a way of culturally relating to the audience at the minimum. Where, where Larry Elder is just like overt and obvious that like he obviously not doing it for, you know, the, you know, the audience he's critiquing or not. But it's like even to the point, you know, when Envy makes a point in the video about the whites and the Asians getting the money, he's speaking about a very specific class of like black folk getting the money. Because what, he, what he's referring to is investment money, real estate money, okay. venture capital money. So... But but Envy and them are able to then like rap them in their class people getting money from rich whites and make that like the problem of like the the whole community. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't get no money from uh insert private equity fund here, so they trying to hold a black man back. You know, you know, shit like that. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people eat that shit up because if they didn't, platforms like Earn Your Leisure wouldn't be as big as they are. I mean, it's true. Uh, for Christ's sake, Earn Your Leisure starts off as a little black group going on Breakfast Club to now doing conferences with CNBC and JP Morgan Chase. And they telling niggas we should go buy Lockheed Martin stock during Israel in, in, in Gaza conflict. Oh. Oh. That's a, like, that's the type wow. of, that's the type of shit that, like, that you like, you like, like black people is getting hit with every day. Mm. 
I'm just trying to make dick jokes. Like, it, it, you know, it, 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 you know, it's a, it's, it's fucked up, you know. Mm-hmm. But, but those, those is EYL and some people who got put on by Breakfast Club, and now look, you know, look, you know, look at them, and they, but they able to package it culturally as if like they somehow different than what any other capitalist would want to do because they black. I mean, the greatest anti-capital, you know, the it, greatest thing of capitalism is anti-capitalism right now. That's the greatest capitalism. And, and you know, that's just, you know, that's just the kind of the cycle. It seemed like uh, we kind of like stuck in of like everybody thinking, because like, it's funny. I like to make these jokes and I like to joke about like Charlemagne and them and they politics stuff. But, it, you know, it, it do like when you meeting people like regular people and they kind of like believe in the same ideology like prime example i grew up in the projects part of my life and all that type of stuff those people it's some of the like most like people who've been in that environment they hold this same kind of idea that everybody's scamming pizza got six kids and kicked her baby daddy out so she could stand the project for fifty dollars a month like mm-hmm. that that's a very common thought process yep from, yep. from people who like actually engage with, because obviously if you live in a poor community, you're more likely to engage with people who want who who want you know social services and whatnot. But that's a common idea even amongst people who own social services themselves. That's true. Yeah, that is very true. Is that I only get a hundred fifty dollars in food stamps, but Tisa gets six hundred and fifty dollars worth of food stamps because she's a scammer. Yep. And so it's like it is, it, you know. I kind of hate when like we call everybody like a neoliberal because I think a, being a liberal or a neoliberal is like a conscious like thing. Like Hakeem Jeffries and them are consciously making like p- political decisions that they like understand and how it benefits them. But when we talking about like Charlemagne the God, he's not consciously like thinking about is he a neoliberal or is he like a. a, 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 a a Democrat or a, a he's not thinking like that. Mm-hmm. That's just not that's not the frame that he works from, and that's not the frame that most people work from. I, I think agree. most people just kind of like see what's going on in their uh, you know immediate life. Charlemagne is a, a, a dude who's been locked up, who's been a crack dealer, who was Wendy Williams' hit dog to start off his career. I don't think this dude really like really politically savvy. Motherfucker was selling crack. <laughs> and we try to like act, like a lot of people be trying to it's like yeah, we giving Solomon all this credit for like he just like out here doing streams of consciousness like yes. it's no agenda behind it it's no like DNC paying him and all, it's, it's just like he's a regular nigga that's how a lot of regular people think it's like contradictions and all types of confusing politics that people hold. That's ex- that's very true. I mean, when yeah. you watch that interview, you can see they don't know what they're talking about because they don't have an ideology, so they really had nothing to confront. And what's sad, I, I, and I said this. I mean, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, because like it's a it's like the thing is, is like it's like how y'all always talking about on the show the the, the choice between the racial democracy. In the, in the social democracy. Mm-hmm. And, and 
regardless of if they got politics or how serious that they are about their politics, is that they understand that they are racist first. That's that, that's about all they really understand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They don't understand nothing beyond that. How to you know how to benefit the race or whatever they idea you know what that would look like. But they are race first. We want reparations. We want carve out. We want whatever, whatever. But they understand, like, okay, if they and I, and I'm gonna give Charlemagne some credit because he do got a little bit. A, a, a better understanding that he is a rich black dude and that reparations wouldn't necessarily matter to him no way. I have heard him say that type of stuff. So at least he got some level of understanding. But like, like you know, they race first dudes and they see everything through that lens. They don't really see it through like I, I'm a, a, a neoliberal chill or whatever that, you know, we call the people today. I don't like calling regular rank and file people neoliberals like that because it's just silly, and you're just saying a word that makes you feel like you know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, I agree because I just don't think that's a. I don't think that's a. Because if that's a, if that's a, if that's a, if that's a framework that we work from, I got a sad reality for most people. Most people will be neo. Like most people, if you talk to them in everyday life, they operate from. Um, paradox that same area of like what you would say is a neoliberal. Mm-hmm. Go talk to a dude on the street right now. They'll be telling you about how they want to get ten investment properties and be a landlord. Yep. Yep. That's what they gonna tell you. And then, as if we supposed to be leftist, Marxist, communist, whatever variation you come in, you how do you confront that? If that's the if that's the aspiration of like these communities you're trying to reach out to, because this whole generational wealth thing is just going crazy now. You mean the talk about like there's and no so generational the, wealth? Yeah, okay. So, so if that's the aspiration of like these people you kind of get to come on your side, but they view your political project as antithetical to that. If they view your political project as antithetical to them building generational wealth, which that's how most people view it, they might not have a firm understanding of what it means to be a leftist or Marxist politics, but they know when they hear a Democrat get up there and say, I think we should have a, a plan with Wells Fargo to give out 100,000 mortgage loans, they understand that. Yep. Or they hear a Republican say, hey, we should uh, decrease zoning so people can build any type of housing that they want to in their city. They understand it. But when you come, when we come over here and say, oh, I don't think we should commodify housing at all, that's antithetical to where they at. <laughs> it's true. How am I going to come up? Like it, but, but like, it, it, and I say this all the time, like, like niggas be trying to shoot threes. And we can't even make layups with these people if we so far away from them mm-hmm. in what they believe. And it's, you know, I, I get mad at those clips, not because I'm really mad or surprised about what Elder or or or, or Charlemagne or Indy is saying. I get mad at those clips because I hear this shit so much, like, every day from regular folks. Broke folks, motherfuckers own welfare. Mm-hmm. 
this. I know sound just like Elder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it is coming back in full force, especially with like, you know, we laugh and joke about sexy red, Tukiana, and all them people. But that's people having serious, serious discourse over that. You know, I'm seeing people talk about black folk ain't never gonna get no respect because of sexy red. I will be playing a it's sexy so like, red clip later in the all show. This stuff that, you know, all this stuff falls into like, you know, uh, kind of what, you know, you know, Elder is saying. And, it, and if you're a person who's uninformed, if you heard, El, you know, like the fat dude who was watching the clip, you know, if you see that, if you see, you know, Elder talking and you don't know nothing, you say, damn, this nigga Elder really talking. This dude really spitting something. Right? Yes. Right? Presentation is everything. That's my problem with the way that those dudes approached someone like Larry Elder and couldn't push back on it because, again, because of people lifting up rappers like Sexy Red and Sukiyuki, I refuse to call her by that fake name, because they want to put these people on a pedestal and say, this is kind of what your culture is this is where you people are now in 2023 it's rapping about doing vile sex acts and actually being mooches off the system and having incarcerated babies fathers not husbands the breakup of the nuclear family this is old shit that actually predates the 90s. It was actually said in the heroin seven, uh, 70s when in places like D.C., you had white city council members saying, we could have less Negroes in jail if we just legalize marijuana. And the pushback was from black nationalists saying things like, but that's just the gateway drug is going to have more people addicted to this thing called heroin that's destroying the black family. And we're seeing more mothers now taking drugs than we've seen before. And now we have all these wayward children. Larry Elder is just it, 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 saying you know, the same this, thing. It, and it's, it's crazy because somebody earlier in the chat was like, it seemed like we just doing like the 90s all over again. Obviously, I'm born in like 92, so like Jesus I can't Christ. say all we doing the 90s all over again. But it's like these points like you make it now, the, you know, like you say, uh, they make the point about marijuana or weed, whatever you call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's making the, the, the men effeminate and that's why they don't want to be fathers no more. It's just like, it's just like every time you think you're like getting over the hump, or you think you had a breakthrough, people think we had a breakthrough, uh, you know, in 2016 or 2020. And, you know, you see all these crazy stats where people be like, well, young black people like Bernie. I got some news for y'all. If, if all young black people voted, and if they voted, for who they, you know, who they thought represented them the most, he, he getting dog walking that, and that demographic as well. Yeah. Yeah. Because, because they, they you know, it's just, it's, just a, it's just a diet that we get. It's, it's crypto. It's forex. It's real estate. It's, it's, it's earn your leisure. It's all of this stuff. Because the people who typically 
if you, if you go look at the, you know, all the numbers and stuff, people had all these great hopefuls, like in Bernie Sanders. You know, I, you know, I, I'm not here to brag to say I, I told anybody so, but it's just like under the current conditions as it's constructed, it was no way he ever was gonna win. Even people say, well, if everybody didn't drop out, even if everybody didn't drop out, under the current conditions, there's no way he could win when you going down south and you getting whacked 80 to 20. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the system. You have to win South Carolina. You have to win Mississippi in the primary. I get it. It don't matter in the general. I get all that. But under the current system, that's the reality. You got to win those southern places. And he was getting whacked in them places 80 to 20. 75 to 25. Mm-hmm. And so if, if any project is going to be serious, they're supposed to be pushing like leftist politics, like at some point, I mean, at some point, people are going to have to come to the realization that unless you're saying we're going to go full out actual physical confrontation revolution, that's just one of your options, or you're going to get somehow involved in the political process. I get it. People say, oh, I'm anti-electoral politics. Republicans and them other motherfuckers and Democrats don't care if you anti-electoral politics. They're going to pass whatever the fuck they want to pass if they in there. <laughs> and if you ain't got to stop. <laughs> like, like people, like, I'm just being honest. Like, if, 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 if we don't, because we can't tell people not to do one thing if we're not willing to go full out the other way. Look, Steve, I agree because with you. Because just saying we're going to march and protest and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. Unless, unless we saying we're going to go full out physical confrontation revolution, then, then being anti-electoral politics don't mean shit then. It really don't in the grand scheme of things. What has been anti-electoral politics for the left done for the past 50 years? Niggas still crying. Steve. Because we think it's cool or we think it's a, a, a you know, we think it's cool or we think it's a, a flex to say, well, I'm bigger than the electoral pol- process. Okay, that's fine. That's dandy. But I'm just saying, you missing out on opportunity to actually like have power in certain places. Mm-hmm. And try to stop something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Steve, thank you. you. Know, oh, that's shit. just weird to me. <laughs> that's just weird. I'm gonna get off the phone because I ran on this motherfucker all night. I'm just tired of getting yelled at. <laughs> man, no, my bad, man. You I know, know you're not bad, yelling at me. I know you're not yelling at me, man. I'm not yelling at you. I know you're I'm, not yelling. You know, I'm, I'm mad too. I'm I'm mad too, bro. I'm frustrated with you. Because I didn't watch that video here. Well, t- Steve, thank you very much for your phone call. We got a bunch more callers, and I haven't taken the number off because I'm being stupid. Steve, thank you, and please keep watching the show. Hope I don't let you down. Steve sometimes sounds like my inside voice. Yeah. <laughs> and if you ever know me outside of the show, there's a lot of Steve that comes out of 
that I was going to say comes out of my mouth, that wouldn't sound right at all. Ooh, hey, yo. Hey, yo. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I can't believe I just said that. That was awesome. That was extra awesome. <laughs> I was so exhausted last night when I was doing the pitch for this show. I said, You can call and uh, just. Get whatever you want off on my chest. <laughs> Get whatever you want off my chest. Yeah, bad lefties. Bad lefties. <laughs> 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 it, was just, it was just like, oh my God, did I just say? I didn't mean to say get off on my chest. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) What I meant to say is there's things that Steve says that I also say. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta take your time with it. I was I was hanging out with Shaka Kani the other night, mm-hmm. and she was we were both kind of tired, and she was trying to say, "Do you want to get out and come?" Because I pulled up, I was like, "Hey, get out of the car," and I'm, <laughs> I'm going I'm going home. And she says, "You want to come in?" She went to say, "Do you want to get out and come into my house?" But she said it like in Spanish, and so, but she said it in English, but the Spanish. She said the Spanish way, but in English. So she said, you want to come and get off in my house? Ooh. I said, uh, what? Do you want to get off in my house, man? <laughs> get off in my house. <laughs> I was like, get out of my fucking car, dude. It sounds like a song. <laughs> get off in my house. It's my house. Are you seeing that? We oh have a my chat. God, Steve! Thank you, thank you so much. That's huge. That is almost what the bill is for this. <laughs> thank you so much, Steve. The bill for the app is higher than you guys think. Appreciate um, you. Uh, dude, I who would have known that this show was going to be so ridiculous? (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Okay, Tucson, we got some more phone calls. More phone calls. I also want to say thank you guys for calling in. I love that. Remember when we started, it'd be like one phone call. (laughs) 
<laughs> Maybe we get That's to. That's right. And now we have many phone calls. An embarrassment of riches. Can I just say really quickly, a happy birthday to one of our listeners, Who? Andy William. Oh, shit. Andy isn't a listener. Andy is a personal friend. That is true. Um, and he's part of the band. Andy's part of the band. Andy's definitely part of the band. When I see Andy in New York, it's just, you know how when you see your dude and it's just like, <laughs> we all gonna do the color purple <laughs> hand games when y'all see each other. Me can't you must never pop my guitar. Iron, I R O N iron. There you go. Sorry. Happy birthday, Andy William. Happy birthday, Andy William. And we should watch The Color Purple for movie night. We should. I do. Every time, every time, without fail, waterworks when Suge Avery goes back to the church. Mm. I've watched The Color Purple probably 147 times. I've watched The Color Purple on network television. 47 times. I've watched The Color Purple when it came out on cable. I read the book. As a child, the book is really good. Every time Suge Avery comes back to church, God is trying to tell you something. Are we ready? God is trying to tell you something right now. Calling from a 608 area code. Caller, what's your name? Where are you calling from? And what do you have for dinner? Hey, uh, this is uh, Andrew. You need. Yes. Is this Andrew the All artist? Right, hell yeah, yeah. This is the this is the other Andrew. Yeah, okay. this is the artist Andrew. Oh, hey. I had a, I had a, I had a turkey and a key lime pie I made. It was pretty good. The first nice. time making it, so I'm happy about that. Oh, and, congratulations! Uh, I actually have an interesting story. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, well, I had an interesting story about artificial intelligence in uh, art. I had an experience with that recently with my. Uh, my work. Uh, so I sent in some sketches to, I told you about the person doing the illustration about the castles for the concentration general feeding operations. And uh, I sent in the sketches and then they sent me back these AI mock-ups. They're like, no, we want you to kind of go more towards like this. I was kind of like, like that at first, but I just did the illustrations and kind of more in that style. And they really liked them. So thankfully, I think my job is safe for now. They, they don't want to replace me quite yet. That's good news. Congratulations. Very good news. Something to be thankful for. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, also, uh, talk to the Detroit Lions. The pack is back. Uh oh. Sports wow. ball. Wow. You want to be that guy today, huh? Sports ball talk. I'm, I'm not that guy. Listen, man, that is also something to be thankful for. Because, man. Losing to the Detroit Lions for a couple is is rough, man. It was rough, and now the pack is back. So happy about that. You know what? Congratulations! Shout out to the Packers. They beat a very good Lions team. Shout out to the Packers. You got it. Hey, they beat a very good Lions team. So shout out. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. Well, we, we were saved by the Thanksgiving curse. Also, for those that don't know, Andrew is the person. Andrew is the artist. 
that made the poster. Oops, that made the poster for the Kayfabe movie. Look at that. For all the donators that donated in the poster section, those should be going out soon next month. And we make printing them up and doing the whole thing. So Andrew, anything else you want to get off get off on your chest? <laughs> no, that was, that was it. Everything's off the chest, and uh, go back, go back home. Thank you very much, Andrew. Have a very good night and a happy holiday. Thank you for calling. Um, I still can't believe we joked about that for at least an hour and a half. But I was like, anything you want to get off on my chest? <laughs> man the things i say because i'm stupid um tucson how are you feeling right now i'm feeling all right do you like doing the call-in show i do like doing the call-in show it gets a little stressful when you see the numbers yeah like how many calls there are and you're like oh i hope everybody gets in i don't want anybody to hang up Mm-hmm. Yeah, that stresses me out a little bit. Because you feel bad, because you feel like when they hang up, they're like, man, fuck these people. It could be anything, but that's what I think it is. <laughs> fucking grandstanding pieces of shit. He already think- said that. Who do you think you are? You're not fucking Sam Cedar. Right. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Gotta be quick. I'm a lot of things. <laughs> Can you imagine if Sam Cedar did any of these jokes on his show? My God. His black viewing audience would skyrocket. He would get a kick out of the getting off on the chest thing. (laughs) I think he would find that hilarious, and so would his audience. I just, dude, I'm... I'm looking forward to this little mini break, which isn't a mini break, because now I have to dive into this very difficult piece that I decided to write for, for I was asked to write for Damage Magazine. Mm-hmm. Great magazine, by the way. If you guys aren't reading Damage Magazine, check out Damage Magazine. And Ralphie has his pieces out in Sublation. He sent it to me. Um, I haven't looked at it oh, just nice. yet. I haven't even opened up Twitter. I saw, I got a notification that he sent it. So Ralph will be back on probably next month. Because I think we got the rest of November booked out, right? Vincent Evans is coming on the show. He is. We got him. Yeah. And you know what? Scott Parkin came up to me uh, at the live thing and said, dude, I just finished Bevan's book and it is good. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Because we were talking about it. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And, And yeah. So the fact, look, Scott Parkin showed up. My rock star friends showed up. They were all really stoked to do the whole thing. And none of these guys are leftists. You know, to Steve's point, right? There is a reason why me and Pascal and pretty much everybody on the show, except for Derek Varn, who is the sometimes why, doesn't like when people ask you who what kind of person you politically identify with. Like, you know, are you a socialist, are you a Marxist, you're left, are you a communist, you're an com, you're a com com. Com com. <laughs> Rom-com. <laughs> I'm mad that this is the comment that you highlight. <laughs> For the listening audience, Toussaint has highlighted a comment 
It's a very special call-in show when Jason offered the listening audience to glaze his taco meat. That's right. <laughs> Followed up by this one. Sam gets off his chest all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, this audience. <laughs> I have Steve coming out of my mouth all the time. God, that was awesome. <laughs> I don't try. If you can see, it's not all scripted, right? So funny. This was the most non-scripted show we've done in a long time. This is actually non-scripted. So these giggles are all natural. If you guys are enjoying giggles like this, join us in the champagne room. That's you true. Def- you definitely get serious sometimes. Mm-hmm. As people will tell you, I will depress the hell out of you. Yes. But more often than not, our goal is to have a good time. That's like our good time break. We do the first hour. It's usually a, a heavy first hour. And the champagne room is like, okay, let's decompress. Let's laugh a little bit so we can go about our day. I can't have you guys depressed watching news crawls all day. Mm-hmm. And I can't have you guys on Twitter having like fights with people. Fuck that shit, dude. You can't have them on hold while we're paying. Oh, dude, you're over there talking real shit. Real, real shit. Um, I do want to say this one thing. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not going to say it. Fuck it. Yeah, get the calls through. Fuck it. Fuck what I have okay. to say. Calling from a 559 area code. What's your name? Where are you calling from? And what did you have for dinner? Brothers and sisters, this is Eric from Fresno. And I'm calling from Minneapolis right now. We're actually, we had spaghetti. We did the non-traditional Thanksgiving. So it was pretty fun. Nice. Um, well, how is the weather in Minneapolis? I have to ask. Is it snowing? It is not. It's actually amazingly dry. And I guess everybody's been calling for an unseasonably warm winter. Um, it hasn't really rained. Uh, it, I mean, it's, it's pretty cold, but it's not like, you know, horribly frigid. And it, 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 um, I would say it doesn't remind people why it's Minnesota yet until it gets to about January or February. But that's even kind of like global warming i've been saying lately because thank you global warming for making minnesota winters actually bearable for people who want to come to live here (laughs) i experienced the minnesota fall and i was like jesus fuck you people (laughs) it's fucking frighteningly cold over here but you didn't call to, to talk about your weather in minnesota what is on your mind what would you like to get off on your own chest (laughs) <laughs> well, um, you know, amazingly enough, I'm sure you've seen a lot of Larry Elders. Um, I definitely see a lot of them in my line of work. I'm actually in the tax racket, mm-hmm. and it's just a matter of dealing with them. Um, I was just going to chime in with that. Um, you know, a lot of these guys, they they play what I call the information game, and I mean, you have to be careful when they put you, they, you, you play the information game with them 
because they may have a point. When you talk to people like that, you're not talking to them directly. You're talking to people who are around them because they're usually with one or two other people. You are talking with them because, you know, if you say that they're wrong and they have a point and that, oh, no, this is a stat. And, you know, this is a stat. You're done. Be that as it may. You know, let's just say all the crap Larry said was true. Let's just, you know, it's full of shit and it's not. But let's just assume it's true. Where in people's, and, and by people's, because again, corporations are people, mm-hmm. where in the corporate minutes did they cite fatherlessness for why they moved their companies overseas? Mm-hmm. And there it is. Mm-hmm. So that's, I've actually used that a number of times. And it's frankly just reorienting people's, you know, because it's like they get the feeling right, but then they get the prognosis and then the um, prescription completely batshit crazy. You know, yeah, you're dealing with a real fear, you know, a real anger, a real angst. Mm-hmm. But then you're saying, well, now we need to cut, cut taxes for the rich. Or, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, it's fatherless, you know, it's fatherless households. Or it's spending. Oh, yeah, you know, you, you have a spending problem. See, if you just ate bologna sandwiches. No, if stupid purchases made you, made you poor, I, I know a handful of rich people right now, I'm sure you do too, mm-hmm. that... They could be living in a box years ago. It's not a, it's not a spending thing. It's an income problem. The people that typically make stupid decisions spending wise, they have the money to with you know to withstand that. And that's the that's the concept. No amount of you know Warren Buffett didn't just baloney sandwich his way into what he did. You look at <laughs> like, like Ray Dalio. Mm-hmm. That's not what he did. He'll he'll sell it. He is one of the he, if there's a if he is a genius of any kind, it is a genius of marketing. Mm. That man married into a seemingly wealthy family, and he acts like, oh no, it was my principles. And you get that a lot yes. with those that want to be like him because you know you made you made a, a connection with. Well, yeah, of course the homeless guy is going to want to. Well, yeah, I want to be a landlord because translate that into, I just want to have money and a fucking roof over my head. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing like with reparations, you know, it, it, it amounted to just winning the lottery. You know, yeah, who the hell wouldn't want a shitload of money for what, a pass indiscretion? But the one thing that they can never do, that they never seem to do, what the hell does fixing a past wrong have to do with what you are owed right now as an American living in this country? What, the, what does that have to do with anything? You should be given that right now just by Virtue of being born in this country as an American, that should be just the bottom line, the floor. But it's not. And isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. Start from there. And, hey, Joe Biden, I'm not a huge fan, but he's not the some bitch that hired you and then fired you because, well, I brought a bunch of these guys over from India. Or we just moved our you know, call center or we moved our plant down to a right to work state in Alabama. Mm. Whoops. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, the one thing I tell Trumpers, mm-hmm. he's a tough guy. No, he's not. He's the biggest punk. He lost me with his cabinet. And he also lost me with, you know, he can't, so he can't be a leader. You need to tell me you can't be the first one to say, you know what? I'm moving all the production into the United States. I'm going to employ all these people. You know, all these immigrants that I hire for my resorts, I'm going to fire them all and I'm going to hire red-blooded Americans that have been born in this country two or three or four generations with papers. 
He didn't do that, did he? Because it doesn't make any financial sense, quote unquote. But you can't be a leader. That's that's not, you know, again, they always go to, well, it makes business. Whoa, 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 time out. You're the tough guy. Mm-hmm. You're the leader. You can do what you want with your company. You mean to tell me you're not in control? You're not the tough guy? You mean you can't? And start shipping away like that. It's just the what, what I've kind of noticed, especially being out here, because where I'm at um, in Minneapolis, I'm kind of on the border where you go like five minutes up the street, um, you are in a different world. You are in Trump country mm. versus, you know, the I call the mezzanine area where it's a little bit of both, live and let live. Um, but, you know, obviously the city is, the city is pretty, I got to say, it's almost like a California away from California. Are you, are you talking about Minneapolis or St. Paul? Minneapolis. Minneapolis, know. you know, just kidding. very, let's say, call, yeah. No, oh, one, yeah. no one's talking <laughs> no, about St. Paul. Paul. <laughs> no one's ever talking about Hey, no. St. Paul is a trip. St. Paul is Orange County. St. Paul, in fact, you call it the Twin Cities, you can call the Twin Cities, the Twin Counties in California. You have L.A. Yeah. and then Orange County. Yes. That's exactly what that reminds me of because totally different, um, like right next to each other. And essentially, I mean, yeah, all, the demographic is amazingly similar, except the population is like East L.A. And you have Hmong people there. One of the biggest in the nation. Yes. Next in to Fresno. Somali, one of the largest. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Tons of them people. Yes. When yeah. I was there, I was in Somali, the Somali part of town. I was like, oh, hello. Johan's everywhere. <laughs> uh, it's essentially, yeah. You, I, I would judge people. You can go around the world. You can go around the world. You know, because you just see there's that many people, of a, that a variety of people. Um, well, thank you very much for your call. I hope you're having a very good holiday week in your home of Minnesota. Absolutely. You guys too. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Thank you. Toussaint, dude, we're doing the thing. Yeah, we are. Doing the thing. This is fun. This is a lot of fun. This is so much fun. Um, Minnesota, interesting state, interesting state. Isn't that where, um, Amy is from? Senator? Schumer? Schumer. No, I'm thinking Schumer too. Amy. Klobuchar. There we go. Fuck is wrong with me? I'm thinking Schumer too. She's in the news. Isn't that where Amy Schumer's from? Klobuchar's not in the news. Sean <laughs> says, open up the phone lines for him. Plocks. I don't know what Plocks is. I think you just called me a racial name. He uses Plocks. It means please. Oh, it's not uh, N-word? It's not the N-word. Oh, well, in my mind, it is. <laughs> Strong. T-I-R is an anti-racist show. <laughs> I want to do a Slick Rick rhyme so bad. What is wrong with you? <laughs> Ever since I started doing the Slick Rick rhyme with you the other night. Oh, you're stuck. 
All I can hear is Slick Rick. I just keep seeing that album cover like this. <laughs> saying racist shit. <laughs> oh. Ridiculous. If you guys are patrons, please go back and listen to the Tuesday night show. Or was that Thursday night? Wait, this is Thursday night. <laughs> so listen to the Tuesday night Tuesday. show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's November 21st champagne room where anti-racist racist slick rick and osama barack obama read the letter to america and slick rick raps it please, please. that was <laughs> that was a lot of fun that was too much fun he had a good time <laughs> Did did PogChamp MLK? He didn't come out there, but PogChamp MLK came out last night on the sports show. Okay. He came out and started critiquing white woman dance videos. Just happen to have those. Yeah, I have to keep them in the arsenal. Arsenal. Jason's letter to Argentina. <laughs> 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 my friend Shaka Kani plays tennis with these fascists from Brazil. Oh tennis. my gosh. She's totally serious, right? Because no one will play tennis with her, right? And uh, she met these Brazilian fascists. And uh, she goes, They love Bolsonaro. I was like, Because they're fascists. She's like, I don't talk politics. I was like, Connie, hmm. how do you know that they like fucking Bolsonaro? How does that come up in casual conversation? That's true. Hey, you thirsty? You want some water? I love Bolsonaro. That's weird, but are you thirsty? You want some water? Like, that never happens. That's not how that shit works. <laughs> right? <laughs> and so, Connie has her tennis day, right? So I'm like, are you going to play tennis with your fascist friends? She goes, oh, stop it. And uh, so when I saw that the Argentina elected the, the guy, I can't think of his name right now, the new, the new president that uh, wants to create a market for organ sales for human organ sales okay Connie, but your fascist fucking friends are gonna love this guy and she goes she goes jason look at homegirl's instagram (laughs) and it's just like celebration videos of the argentine dude oh my gosh you were right i was like why did you think i was lying like who talks about bolsonaro randomly yeah. and they say like mean shit about mexico and they live here it's like dude fuck those people you really need a tennis partner that bad yeah wow you know you're not you're not coming down here to play tennis with her would you play tennis with her i would if i knew how to play tennis Connie don't know how to play tennis <laughs> chasing wow <laughs> Both of you guys looking like a Benny Hill video. Probably. That's what I looked like when I first played tennis. The ball is so small and the racket's so big. You think you can hit it, but you can't, man. Dude. Yeah. So let look. We have some more calls. We have to get to the rest of these calls. Oh, we Push lost a call. Caller. We lost Toussaint. a call. Toussaint will sing you a Negro spiritual before the show is over to make up for losing the call. We lost somebody. 
long talking. David said they elected an incel. Calling from an 805 area code. Caller, what's your name? Where are you calling from? And what would you have for dinner? Hey, hey, hey. You guys know who it is. It's Joe Payne, Political Payne. What's How up, Joe doing? Payne, my homie from the Central Coast? What's happening, dude? Yeah, dude. I'm in L.A. with the fam over at the grandma's house for Thanksgiving. Are you going to come down three I more hours and say everything. hello? Uh, I don't have you know, bro. My passport. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody treats me like the, like the fucking... Drive. Everyone treats me like the ugly dude that just keeps asking the girls to prom before he shoots the school. Says, would, Heather, will you go to the prom with me? Oh, sorry, oh. Herman. I'm sorry, Jason. It's, you know, like, so much of our family lives in L.A., and it's so hard to get L.A. people to go fucking, like, uh, more than, like, 10 miles down the road. Yes. You know? yes. <laughs> like, oh, man, that's, like, oh, that's so far. Yes. Uh, but, oh, man, I'd love to go. If, if we're in San Diego anytime, I'd love to hang out. You're never going to be, you're never gonna be in San Diego. I'm busy, man. I'm busy as fuck, dude. You're never going to be in San Diego? You're, no, you're never going to be in San Diego. Who, me? Yeah. Dude, I got married in San Diego. I like yeah. San Diego. How many years ago was that? <laughs> ah, don't make me do math. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> 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 I'm in the humanities, like you, bro. Jesus. You're over here acting like you feel, oh, I'd go to San Diego every other weekend. Man, you ain't been to San Diego since you got married. Yeah. <laughs> no, I have for my anniversary. For an anniversary, we went. <laughs> oh man, dude, we ate so much uh, last year. The aunt here in LA who always cooks dinner got COVID, so we did like a soft coup at that time. Boom, took over mm-hmm. the Thanksgiving uh, cooking, and now the new regime has been established. And this year, my wife and I just went to fucking town, dude. We just cooked enough. Every, everybody loved it. Everybody said it was beautiful. So, um, well, congratulations yeah, on, on a very turkey, good two, two turkeys. Yeah, this is your wife. This is yeah, your wife's was, side. This is your wife's he side. Killed it. Yeah. Is, okay. So, like, so like, grandma hasn't been feeling well. We came down yesterday, and uh, first it was like, anybody gonna come down? Grandma's sick, and she said nobody should come. And then, of course, you come. Okay, I guess they can come. And then we show up, and you know, no, don't say, don't do this, don't do that, don't spend money. Don't, we go get a turkey. We get all this, you know, stuff together. Our secret to Thanksgiving is do most everything the day before. Mm-hmm. Like all the food prep, cook as much as you can the day before, and that way you just gotta like take care of the turkey and you know some of the important other important stuff. You're not doing everything, and it takes a lot of pressure off. But we get there, and like grandma starts, mm, and like, asking about the turkey, like, how big is it? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, that's too small. We need two. You know, since so you went from, Jesus. I don't know if we'll do Thanksgiving, not enough turkey. Go get another one. So um, we fucking killed it. Two turkeys, a ham. We went over to the brother in law's house, not too far from here, and he made a tri tip Sam Ria style. So we're just sad and happy, man. Well, uh, you should go yeah. say what's up to Ken- yeah. Kenzo Shabbat is in L.A. right now. You should go say what's up to Kenzo. What? Yep. What's he doing? Uh, well, Kenzo is a real friend, and he's coming oh, to visit goodness. me. Ooh. Oh. 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 Ouch. 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 Uh, <laughs> no, he's well, not. Hey, what is yeah. the, what is the, uh, 
what the white boy got to do to get a fucking signed copy of his book? Oh, I I effed up on my way back from the book launch party because I had a day off from the show because we had a pre-record going on Tuesday and I had more uh-huh. time to get home. And I effed up and I was originally going to go back the one and say what's up to everybody. And I effed up and I was so on autopilot. Uh-huh. I just stayed on five. And by the time I realized, I was like, I'm not going to drive over 152. I'm just going to do it the next time I go up because we're, we're booking some time. So we can actually take off on TIR. So I am trying to go up and say what's up to everybody in the Central Coast because I'm missing guys. Well, bro, I don't know if you've heard of this thing. It's called the uh, United States Postal Service. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, Ben Burgess hooked me up with a signed copy. Uh, JNG World has signed stuff for it. I don't know what I got. What I mean, you know, I mean, I I'll just, I'll just go. No, 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 no. I just, I'll just fuck it. I know you, you, you've bought me dinner before, so I'll just go up north and we can hang out. And because first of all, there's a, what's the white the cracker barrel? There's a cracker barrel in your city. So, oh my God. Yeah, I want I a side of grits. I don't go to cracker barrel in my city, man. That's embarrassing. Oh, <laughs> we have this massive, part of just off the highway 101 mm-hmm. our street bed arabia we call it in san Maria, we call it the chicken strip because it has every fucking chicken restaurant i swear to god well it's, it's i know there's a strip one. mall where there's like a coles and a cracker barrel and that's what i'm gonna go see when i go up north to the central coast man i've taken you to real san Maria cell barbecue yes you want to go Cracker Barrel. I'm so, I, so I want to go to Cracker Barrel so and have breakfast, and I want a white woman to serve me grits. <laughs> and we could just talk about Adorno and uh, you know all the just commie shit as loud as we possibly can. Um, I love doing that. I we, love we could. About shit that makes it we, yeah, we could, or you can introduce me to your wife's hot single friends. <laughs> introduce you to my wife's what? Hot single friends. Hot single friends? <laughs> uh, you just laughed. You know, my wife works in, uh, my wife works in uh, cosmopolitan. Um, she, you know, so she's does a lot of she does nails and she does like she's like the cosmos cosmos so yeah. she does nails for all these yeah uh girl these girls who are in the beauty industry and yeah. i would i would just keep driving down the 101 my friend just keep driving <laughs> 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 these are chicks will tell you these chicks will tell you not to get the vaccine because you don't want chemicals you don't put those chemicals in your body but you can see their face and you can see the chemicals that they've injected into their bodies you know <laughs> They're Look. you know very very uh, skeptical of the COVID vax, but they'll they'll uh, hop you know drive down the border there where you're at to go get some like back alley BBL or some shit. You know? So <laughs> back alley uh, BBL. Into that. Back alley BBL you know is almost like what getting off on is? your chest. I do know what a BBL is because there's some really awkward ones here in Mexico, and I don't want to make fun of those people right now. As I just left TJ, where there's so many of them. Um, we got one last caller. What's on your mind? Do you want to talk about Larry Elder real quick? Are you talking? Are you still talking to me? <laughs> I'm the last caller. 
No, I said we have one I last. That was like the, I thought that was the call. No, we have we have oh, we have I, one I, last I, caller. We have one last caller after you. I, I don't know what I don't know fuck all about Larry Elder, man. I just hey, did busy as fuck. Then you're living your life right. He bumped me up to forty hours. I'm in grad school right now. Uh, wow. You know, uh, still trying to impress my professors that I know you. you know. <laughs> <laughs> all he's doing right now, Tucson, is giving you excuses why he can't come down here and visit. Like, <laughs> I see. I see. Where does Kenzo live? <laughs> Kenzo lives in Chicago. Fuck, man, yeah. Uh, yeah, I hear you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Jason. I do, I, come on, man. I would have gone to your show, but, you know, I'm, uh, my, you know, I'm, my ears hurt. I'm, you know, I can't, I can't handle the loud music. It hurts my ears. Uh, how were the other bands that played? No, there was no bands at the, at the live thing. There's no bands. There's just rock stars. Nope. What show? Nope. Oh, dude, you got you got musicians show up and not play. Yeah, that's pretty badass. Yeah, I don't <laughs> want to hear any loud okay, music. Okay, cool. I, I misunderstood. Yeah, I don't want to hear any loud music. Oh, man, yeah, I missed out. No, wow, I'm I'm yeah, cool. I'm I way cool. Nah, I'm cool off loud music. <laughs> Just for listen, hearing it, fuck that. Nah, I'm cool. I've heard too much. Oh man, I, you know I tune pianos on the side. I know. So I just can't like hang around that amplifier. No, it was it was a very nice quiet um, environment. Again, you just you know, I think what you're doing gotta right now gotta come visit. Yeah. is not anti-racist. <laughs> wow. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, I can't keep up, man. I'm just, I'm just, I was just like in the back of you know my uh, like uh, uh, <laughs> say last time. I feel like Ralph Wiggum in the back of my like uh, AA history classes, you know. <laughs> like Doctor Jackson, Doctor Jackson, my black friend Jason said, "The Green River Collection is a broke ass book club." It's <laughs> <laughs> a broke ass book club. And, and I didn't make a lot. Of, I didn't. I didn't make too many friends again. <laughs> no. Oh hey, I got published. Oh, congratulations! My senior project got published. Thank you, sir. There I go. Email me the link. I've been I've been meaning to send the link out. I've just been I've been on a long hiatus. I've been at school, and we had people die last year and all this shit. Oh so, yeah, I saw but, that. But um, yeah, my senior project got published in our history journal and, uh, at Cal Poly Slow San Francisco, and um, it's pretty cool. It's about the Chumash, the local. Mm-hmm. Um, Native American tribe who not many people know it um, led the largest armed insurrection against the mission system in 1824. We're coming up on the 200 uh, anniversary next year. And uh, I did a literature review and I brought up Granchy and it was a lot of fun. Well, can you send me the link, please? I'll send you the link. I love to talk about it. I don't know if I'm allowed on the main show until I get my master's. Wow. My PhD, you know, wow. I know how it is. You're kind of making there. me seem like a real you piece know, of I, shit. I, I... Yeah, thanks a lot. <laughs> thanks a lot. It's good to know that I'm a great big piece uh, of shit. Uh, you know, I know. I, it's very prestigious show. You're like you're like the Amy Goodman of, um, you know, uh, black communist uh, YouTube or whatever. It's a very elite group that gets on there. I don't know if you guys need like a, a, a 
you know, special white people correspondent. I can help with that. I don't know. Anyway, but um, yeah, I'll send you the link. I, I think you find it interesting. Send, uh, send me, send me the link. To send it out to you. Send me the link, Joe, and we'll talk. Yeah, dude, and it's free. It's, it's, we'll we'll, cool. we'll I mean, talk. You don't need a JSTOR account or nothing. It's, it's, Oh, that's yeah. huge. Well, <laughs> Joe, thank you so much. We're going to take this last call. Thanks, Joe. Love you, brother. Wonderful people. We love you very much. Beautiful. We love you. Tell the wife Good I say night. hey. Peace. Peace. I will. Peace. Later, Joe. I keep on. Joe Payne is actually a legitimately, like, a really fucking nice dude. I believe it. He looks He's like a, a really nice person. seriously nice guy. He's got, like, great marriage <laughs> yeah super super nice the comments in the screen that people were writing about Jason I can fix her miles hilarious Steve just wants to apologize for what and he said he went back and listened to his little part there's a little delay that's why I was cutting you off my bad no, that's fine. There's a four-second delay. And we we know it, but you guys don't know it. There's a four-second delay. Um, I wish you guys could see me in real life just strike out with women. Oh, man. I totally struck out the other day. That Can I tell you real quick? Oh, you struck out recently? Can no. I, I, look at you like, no. <laughs> this shit is... <laughs> I used to make fun of my ex for striking out. Mm-hmm. So he told me once that he was um, at the supermarket mm-hmm. and he was getting his stuff checked out and uh, the cashier was really cute and was checking him out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, okay. yeah, right, nigga. She was checking you out. She's checking out your groceries. <laughs> <laughs> She's checking out everybody. <laughs> That's our job. <laughs> checking me out. strike out there's there's a woman that here in mexico that she's she's i find her attractive she's like around my age mm-hmm. she's like, a metal she's a mom like all the things i'm looking for right she's got mm-hmm. tattoos she's kind of crazy of course and uh but not in that like break your windows out way but like trying to have fun crazy there's different yeah. crazy. There's like, oh wow, you cross this woman and all your tires are slashed and you're just gonna have a horrible day. Sugar in your tank kind of crazy. Not that crazy. And when I ever see her, it's at her job, and I always feel awkward walking in. And um I had prepared, like I saw her one day, and you had sent some cookies to me. And so mm-hmm. I saw her. And I was all prepared to tell her in Spanish, like ask her out in Spanish. I was all prepared and I walked by and I had this thing of cookies and I'm going to use the cookies as like an intro. Right. And I saw her and I'm ready to say it in Spanish. And she fucked up and she started speaking to me in English and it just threw me the fuck off. <laughs> I was like, ah, <laughs> all I could say was, ah, hi. My God. And she was looking at me. She's like, are you, uh, Hi. And I was like, you want some cookies? <laughs> and she goes, is this what you do for a living? You sell cookies? Because, you know, people walk around and just sell bullshit all day long. And then I got offended. I was like, no. 
<laughs> do not sell cookies. Yes, no. You 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 want you want some? <laughs> right. That was and so I the other day yesterday, I was walking through saying hi to someone else by where she works and she happened to be working, and she was by herself and I could have walked in had a whole conversation, right? Because that's what normal people do. Mm. And I'm not even trying to be funny. This is what I did. I saw her and she saw me and her eyes light up. She's like, ah! and I see her, my eyes light up. And this is all I could do to son. And then I like, ran wow. How old are you? <laughs> I do not sell cookies. Now date me. <laughs> Wait, it gets worse. It gets worse. Oh my gosh. So, the woman that works at the post office place, I'm talking to her and hanging out. I bought her lunch, and we're talking, and then this, the girl walks by, and I was like, oh, my God, that's her. And she goes, who? I was like, the woman that I've been telling you about that I really like. She just walked by, and she goes, okay, well, are you going to talk to her? I was like, I should talk to her, huh? She goes, yeah, you should. Like this is this is how bad I was afraid. So she walks to Saint. She's now like, damn near across the street. And I just yell her name. Cause that's the only thing I know how to say at this point. And I can't yell. I don't want to yell the name oh out. Gosh. I yell the name out. Rosalita. She, Rosalita. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna type in what the name is because it sounds like it's an old black person name to me. <laughs> <laughs> that's her name. There we go. Is that an old black person name to you? Yes, but you'd be amazed how many other people have it. So I yell out her name and she turns around and she sees me and she walks back. And I'm like, I don't know what to do now. And she shakes my hand. That's coming. Jason, you have to have some game at some point. You got like 10 kids. 10 kids. Maybe I took the blame for somebody else. They don't really look like me. But yeah, only thing I could say to her is she walks back, shakes my hand, and, is like, and I go, hi. She's like, hey. And I said, like, what are you doing in the weekend? Oh my gosh. Her response to me was, I don't have a phone. <laughs> really? Yeah. She goes, I don't have a phone and I and I can't really respond to you. So if I if I get a phone though and you're around. I was like, so it's a maybe. Oh my gosh. I strike the fuck out. And Jason's holding a boom box. Say anything. Me and Connie just bought, we got a boom box the other day. Did you really? I have a fucking boom. I want to go get it right now for you guys. I have a boom box. (laughs) Let's take this last call before we do embarrassing shit so you can. So I already said how horrible of a man I am. So. God. I'm going to get this last call, Tucson. Yep. Mm-hmm. Calling from an 818 area code. 
almost read your full phone number. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I almost kept going. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh. Oh, shit. What's your name? Yeah, What's your this number? Is, uh, Lenny Powers from Parts Unknown. Lenny Powers, Parts Unknown. Thank you for calling, Lenny. What is going on? I'm sure you have something to say about Larry Elder. <laughs> um, not necessarily, considering that I found your show in between um, Revolutionary Blackout Network and uh, Black Power Media. <laughs> I don't have much to say about Larry Elder. <laughs> good answer. Good answer. <laughs> don't watch me on Savvy Sab show then. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, that Jimmy Dore pipeline really shoots you out to particular places, I guess. But, uh, but yeah, um, yeah, just uh, wanted to call and uh, say, uh, well, say happy Thanksgiving to y'all. Uh, Thank you. Kind of stuck at home with my little ones. Uh, I have a, the family's kind of a part of this holiday, going through some rough times. Got a kid in, in the hospital right now, and my mm. a little one at home, so mama's with him. I'm with, the, I'm with my baby, but it's all good. You know, things could be worse. Could be in Gaza, but you know. Mm. You know, I'm, um, I'm sorry to hear. So, about, I'm sorry to hear about the little one in the hospital. That's that's rough. Yeah, stuff. that's rough. Yeah, no, I mean, but it you know puts it in perspective. I mean, I was kind of like you know while I'm in the hospital, I'm thinking like there's people dealing with this shit getting shelled. So. Yeah. You know, you know, we're first world fortunate when you got, you know, that type of, you know, shit going on in other places. So perspective is, you know, that's kind of my perspective in it all. But anyhow, um, yeah, I wanted to call, uh, well, just, you know, to say, you know, that, you know, your guys' program has been very influential in my, you know, political, uh, you know, political education. I want to thank you guys for all, for that. You know, I wouldn't have uh, found out about Norm Finkelstein and then also, you know, kind of the way that shaped my, you know, view on, you know, the, the Israel-Palestine, you know, uh, conflict. Mm-hmm. And that's been really helpful for me kind of uh, getting an idea of, you know, where, like sources to go to and, and, and looking at, you know, um, I would say, you know, that, you know, you know, that conflict over, you know, with a, through like a historical lens. So, you know, it's, uh, it's really, you know, it's really awesome that you kind of get like, you know, plugged into these, uh, you know, different, you know, you know, different thought leaders in these areas and, and being able to also, you know, talk about Ben Dixon and his wife, uh, and the destiny, um, you know, double triangle <laughs> there. Um, so, <laughs> so it was, I forgot all about it. So you get a lot of, you know. <laughs> I, hey, that's Ben Dick's son. Come on now. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I totally forgot we ripped into that, dude. We did. We oh, did. that was fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's, oh. I could just think. I, I'm thinking of, like, the... But just the uh, you know Ben Dixon in the corner with the cuckoldry, just saying, "Give it turn, don't be, come on, come on, Destiny, don't be a bitch, don't be a bitch," you know, and just and just uh, you know, you know, just trying to lay into it, you know, mid mid semi, and then also you know finally just 
pool soft and just not living up to the not living up to you know the, the expectations, you know. Just crying. And trust me, that boy man, he's from Yeah, just just crying, you know. Just crying. And then it takes the yeah. pulls down just, just a giant slave cock and just starts fucking and shit. See that? You hear yeah. that sound? That's my nuts bouncing off a of black ass. Okay. I imagine him just him smoking a big old stogie while he's doing it. He's looking at him. <laughs> me. So much. And <laughs> Destiny just gives up. He just in a bathrobe, in like a Marriott bathrobe in the corner, and like those little fucked up little rocking chairs, or it's like that weird chair that's in a hotel room. Didn't be there. Because you know Ben Dixon's not hosting, that's for sure. Oh, Jesus Christ. Tucson, can you imagine we do this shit on air and we never get in trouble? Oh my gosh. The people can't know. He said, hey, Jason, I was dangerously horny. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Lenny, I can't believe. (laughs) Lenny goes, "Uh, thank you for bringing me Norm Finkelstein in my life and all these great, you know, genius people. And also, thanks for making fun of Destiny saying he was going to fuck Ben Dixon's wife. That's just that's just the the spectrum of and the and the balance of of what you bring to the table and what this is revolution. I feel is you know is all about it's, you know the it's the political education and just thinking about destiny. <laughs> <laughs> you know but jason i did want to ask you I, I i i saw you i think it was the other day you were on uh uh left reckoning and you were wearing i believe it was a bjork shirt and i was actually very uh i was uh, pleasantly surprised because i'm i am myself am a uh a relatively uh large Bjork fan and um, I don't know if you heard but I guess um, she was uh, she was kind of I want to say attacked but by some VH1 Saturday morning er, er, late 90s early 2000s artist by the name of Regina Spector over her like mild take on you know the Israel-Palestine conflict Mm -hmm. Um, but that's no, not neither here though. But I wanted to kind of just, you know, ask, like, in your opinion, I mean, where do you see like this, like McCarthy, this neo McCarthyism type, you know, um, uh, these moves that you know that that we're seeing in like you know Hollywood and then also like in the music industry of like individuals with these, you know, just mild takes on you know the conflict and you know other celebrities that are kind of you know coming out and. The way I see it is like we kind of put all the we're all putting on the they live glasses and we're like looking at these you know these you know liberal Zionists and you know they're coming out as you know as you know people are individuals that are like you know just heavily Zionist when you see them in the you know in in public facing as you know these you know liberal you know allies to individuals that may be like LGBTQ. You know communities. You know the you know, they may have had a uh, Black Lives Matter you know bumper sticker at one point. Mm-hmm. You know uh, 
I mean, do you think it's going to be something that, you know, going to be as impactful as, you know, as that once was, you know, historically, or do you think that now we live in the age of, uh, of, uh, you know, of uh, social media that, you know, that could, you know, that could kind of transcend uh, what's going on in regards to like, you know, them trying to be quote unquote canceled. Hmm. Um, that's a lot. I'll, do you mind if you take the answer off air or cause it's, it's a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's that's perfectly fine. Yeah, I gotta I gotta get to my boy anyways. Um, but um, all I want to say is uh, you know keep bringing you know keep bringing the heat on you know especially you know if there's more uh, if, if there's more that, that we can. I, I mean, I wish we could host uh, Destiny Bendix in uh, debate uh, in the near future. And uh, you know, you guys are doing great. And uh, thank you for taking my call. Hey, Lenny, thank you so much for calling. Thank you, Lenny. With the little one, man, and. Enjoy this uh, in this holiday with the little one that you're with, and and we hope for a, a very speedy recovery for the the little person that's in the hospital. It's the worst thing in the world is to have uh, little people in the hospital. It, it oof, if it really f's me up whenever I have to take my kids. Well, now they're about older, but um, even then, my daughter on prom night had to have her appendix out. Oof. Um, Yes, I think less so in Hollywood and more so kind of in public spaces because you don't see a lot of like openly Marxist teachers. Um, in Texas, there's even a law that you can't support uh, BDS. Um, so I don't. There's definitely an anti-Marxist streak in the rhetoric that you hear from the right i mean you heard larry elder right there and you heard the person listening to you know kind of commenting on the thing talking as if anyone that doesn't agree with the gop or like far conservative ideology is some sort of leftist or marxist that could be further from the truth um charlemagne the god is no closer to the democratic party than you know I don't know, uh, Joe Biden is to the Communist Manifesto, right? Like, but when you listen to conservative talk radio, or even when you listen to conservative politicians talk, and even when you, you look at some of the way a lot of these laws are passed, especially when it comes to being anti things like, quote unquote, CRT, we were talking about this Tuesday on the show about how uh, one state, was it Oklahoma? <laughs> was banning the the teaching of the Osage Indian massacre under the guise of this is CRT and anything CRT becomes Marxist related, which is hilarious because none of this stuff has roots in Marxism. None of it. So it's just it's much like people are saying, hey, I'm a Marxist because it sounds cool. Now people are saying, well, we're, we're fighting a war against these, these cultural Marxists, kind of like the Jordan Peterson thing. You know, everyone Antifa is a Marxist. Mm. Anyone wearing a black hoodie at a, at a rally is a, is a Marxist in their problem. You know, you hear him, well, BLM said they were Marxists, so ergo, they have to be Marxists. It's like, I get what you're saying, and to get into the minutia of why they're not is a monumental waste of time for most people listening. But can you define what that is and tell me why that's bad? And if the only thing you have is a war against God, you don't really have anything. 
you can say that about anybody. You know who's probably more influential in the American sphere that doesn't like God? Slash from Guns N' Roses. You know what I mean? <laughs> Any pop star. So it's it's foolish to sit here and, and uh, listen to these dudes, but it does have a lot of sway in the way that, that um, we're seeing certain laws get framed. And do I think you're going to see a, the same Red Scare clean out like you saw in the 40s and 50s? I don't know. Because I don't know how serious people are taking their leftism. Susan Sarandon is a very established artist that while I'm sure it helps her tremendously to have an agent, I'm sure she can find another agency if she really wanted to. Mm-hmm. We don't know what the blackballing is going to look like in the long run. We don't know if she's going to get the Kaepernick treatment where it's like, mm, we're all going to... Never again. Yeah, never again, you ass. Because it looks too bad for us. We have to admit we made a mistake. I mean, there's a reason why the NFL can't bring Kaepernick in. They have to admit that they colluded. There was a lawsuit about that shit. People forget. So you kind of got to never again the guy. And I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying this to justify what's going on. Just kind of give an explanation. So I'm more concerned about teachers. But bigger than than that, let's talk about the fact that, you know, Cedric was on here a few months ago. And when Cedric was on here, he made a good point. He goes, I'm not on these doctorate committees for people because of what I write. What I write is not mm-hmm. white supremacy, white supremacy. It's not Afro-pessimistic. Race is an ontological. And because I write these things, to a certain degree, I'm going to pay for it in the long run. But you are getting more people that are pushing the Afro-pessimism framework. They're going to change it a little bit here and there. You know, Joe made the joke about the, the book club. I did say that. We were at dinner or lunch or dinner. I can't remember. And I was saying that. I was saying that with him. We were cracking up. And I think he said that to one of his professors. Uh-oh. So it's... That's where the problem is, right? That these ways of thinking, these true leftist ways of thinking, we're losing them. And we're starting to understand Marxism and leftism from people that kind of have a race reductionist framework. Because you're not going to lose your job saying white supremacy, white supremacy. You're really not. Ask Norm Finkelstein why he's not teaching it isn't because he walked around talking about white supremacy he wrote a book called the holocaust industry he got into it with alan dershowitz he's literally canceled you know he's becoming a fun character on the internet and i'm glad for him and i hope he's making money doing these appearances Mm -hmm. um because they took his life away. It's real. Go ahead, Tucson. I'm sorry. 
livelihood. He still has his life. You know, he's 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 a jaded, angry man. <laughs> I don't know if he is jaded, but yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I'm being dramatic. He was on Piers Morgan recently. Jesus Christ. That's why this nigga don't call mm-hmm. back no more. Yep. You know, Norm used to call. I was watching <laughs> your show the other day. <laughs> and Cornell West said. All of a sudden, he meets Cornel West. Cornel West goes, Brother Norm, I read all 195,000 pages of footnotes in your ridiculously long book, Brother Norm. Mm. Watch this be the one show Norm watches. I was watching all four hours of your call-in stream. (laughs) Four hours. Um, yeah, Norm is funny, but you know, it, Cornell West gets denied tenure, right? Chris Hedges spoke out against the the Iraq War at a at a college commencement, lost his job at the New York Times. Now he's on the real news. If you think the real news is paying the same as a New York Times gig, I got some, you know, a bridge to sell you in Florida. <laughs> so, um, people people lose something when you really speak out and and threaten the status quo. When you're not really saying anything, then you know nobody gives a shit. Let them let them yell. It's okay. Let them yell. They'll go home soon. It's okay. Let them. But they're damaging the buildings. We have insurance. It's okay. Let them do that. Let it get off. Let it, let them get it off the chest. You are just leaning into that phrase. No matter what, you will not be deterred. Is it a dream deferred? <laughs> <laughs> Tucson with the bouffant. With the bouffant. Before we go. Before we go, I just realized you're kind of dressed up like Funny Marco. What is a Funny Mark? Oh, they- <laughs> <laughs> before we go, Tucson. Mm-hmm. I sent you a sexy red video. You did send me a sexy red video. I need that was the one where she's being incoherent. I need you to tell me, first of all, did you see the Omarion thing I sent you? Yes, that was funny. <laughs> How many of these are we gonna go through tonight, Jason? I promise, I promise, because we know we can't get we can't get the show pulled. We can't get the show pulled. Um. Did I send you the song? The two black guys singing in the, in the liquor store? I don't think I watched that one. Can I, can, I, can I send you this real quick? Can we play this real quick? It's very short. It's maybe like 25 seconds. And then we have to do Sexy Red. And then we have to leave. Okay. Because four hour stream. No one's going to watch it. <laughs> no. It's going to hurt our viewership. 
These niggas got four-hour streams. I ain't watching this shit. Black Power Media don't do that shit. <laughs> Them niggas get to the point. This should be the theme song for everyone that's going to buy liquor for their holiday parties. I want you all to do videos of you guys doing this song as you're buying liquor for your holiday parties. And this is coming from a man that does not drink, has never drank in his life. Well, one time, one time I had a drink. This, I think this is funny. You didn't laugh? I did laugh. Okay. Are you ready? Is it on mm-hmm. the screen? Okay. Yeah. I'm feeling broke. E and J by my side. Penny like forty dollars. I need you guys as you're going to your holiday parties can you please make a video of you and your homies doing a rendition of this please I know there's enough people watching the show that drink this shit likes <laughs> That just, I've seen it before, but for some dumb reason, I saw it again, and I was like, I don't think we've ever done that on the show. It broke me. And then I have to do this real quick. Recently, um, I was at someone's house. And they are big NPR fans. And I think it was Sheik or Nile Rodgers did a tiny desk. Is it Nile Rodgers? Mm-hmm. And the, they did the Soul Glow song in Coming to America. Mm-hmm. And so the guy that sings, just let you. I can't even pretend to hit it at 46 years old anymore. Um, he's a white guy. It's kind of like when you when you see uh, what you won't do. <laughs> like, oh. Caldwell. <laughs> like you're no barbecue is the same. Because <laughs> it's not just that like that's a white guy It's like he looks like a dork in that video. Rest his soul. He just passed away. But he is not like the smoothest looking cat. He's a very awkward looking man. And uh, this is the dude who actually looks like a friend of mine that sings the Soul Glow song. And this is so cool to me. Remember this? He sang the shit out of it. He did. God damn. That was just a few seconds. He sang the shit out of that song. (laughs) My God. Seriously. (laughs) Seriously. He did. I want to go to church right now. (laughs) You need a full song of that. The fact that he just did that too. It's like, God damn, your false Soto is kinda next level, bro. He. 
Um, and then this is the this is wait, what did we say we were gonna do? Sexy, sexy red? red. Wait, hold on, what else do we have before we do before we decide to do sexy red? Look is that better you. than Look Is that better than Omarion? Is that better than Omarion? Breaking promises. Is that better than Omarion? Is what better than Omarion? Sexy. Is this all well? <laughs> sexy red being incoherent. Is that better than Omarion? Um we already promised sexy red. So. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. See? Toussaint. Keep Toussaint with the bouffant keeps the show honest. I had to think about that one. Um I kinda wanna play that clip where the dude says, Why you look fifty, but you only twenty four. Gosh. That's the meanest shit I ever heard in my life. Okay. If you guys are enjoying what you see here, this is what we do in the champagne room. We watch clips and then you guys comment on these clips with us and it becomes a family affair as the song goes. So this is Sexy Red explaining something about her baby's father and a lyric she has about F her baby daddy, but then free her baby daddy. And I think she has a couple baby daddies, right? No, I thought it was only one. Is it the same guy? Uh, I don't know. I know the previous one. <laughs> Obviously, there's only one father. But, yeah, I don't know about the second one. Strong, <laughs> so like you told I look 25 or 40. Well, now, motherfucker, you dress like you just fell out of the Civil War. What's <laughs> somebody does. supposed to think when you fucking come up? I do declare. <laughs> Shit, what are you supposed to think? You over here slapping motherfuckers with gloves, challenging the niggas to duels and shit. <laughs> he does. Steve says, like this is what does. Larry Elder was talking about. This, yes, Steve. This is what Larry Elder is talking about. And the only way you can defeat Larry Elder is if you understand what he's talking about and then go, what are you talking about? <laughs> so this is Sexy Red explaining something. something. I need you guys to tell me what she's talking about because I literally don't know what the fuck she's talking about. Literally. She got me. Something okay, look, anywhere. let's do some math. Cause I don't, I don't, I don't think y'all understand it. If my baby daddy in jail, and I always say free my baby daddy, but I said fuck my baby daddy, but I'm still saying free my baby daddy. Do y'all really think I'm pregnant by a nigga in jail? Like, how do y'all think that works? I just want y'all to use y'all antennas. We grown. I want y'all to use y'all antennas and stop playing stupid. Okay? Please. It's getting annoying. Okay. Now you want to hear something sad? You something sad? Hmm. That's how my mom talks to me to this day. Oh my gosh. I gotta sit there with the fucking cipher and figure out what the fuck. <laughs> Rosetta Stone. Is this about the trash? Because I now I don't know. But I, apparently I'm a not shit nigga. I'm seven, but I know that whatever She's the fuck I am, I ain't shit. I know that. Talking about math and then didn't mention nothing that had to do with math. There were no numbers involved. Not a one. It could have easily been like if I said my baby's father's locked up. Maybe I need this, but I don't. I'm mad at him. Like I don't. Do you understand what she said? I think what she's saying is, mm-hmm. 
her baby's daddy is locked up. Mm-hmm. There's no way she could have gotten pregnant by him. Okay. So it's obviously she got pregnant by another dude. Is that what she's saying? Because she can't have a baby with a dude in jail. It's Lizzie Power says if fuck A1 is free in A2, then A1 equals A2. <laughs> that I, is what she said, though. <laughs> I don't. A1 equals A2. Look, man, the fact that this woman felt the need to respond, we never, again, we talk about this, like, whenever you're popular, I don't care what your song is. You can be daft fucking punk around the world, around the world. People are going to do now in this internet sphere where your hit or your failure is content. As we're sitting here talking about Larry Elder. Um, She's a lot of people's content. Steve is right. There's a lot of people doing serious deep dive videos to the point where she got booed recently at a a performance. They booed her off stage and they were throwing things at her. Oh, she's pregnant. Yeah. And it is sad because you don't know what you're getting into. It's like we talked about in the champagne room the other night about the young lady, Cassie, and the -hmm. things that you're really willing to do to get a deal. Like you're willing to do some things that are pretty unscrupulous to get a deal. Right. Let's stop talking like all the and they got to record him getting raped. Just shut up, man. It's not real. <laughs> no one has to, you don't have to do anything. Um, to sign a shitty deal. And when we watched that other video of her early in her career in the champagne room, you can see she was just trying to do whatever she thought was going to get her over. And she got over. She's not gonna stop doing it. Until the backlash. And then maybe in 15 years, she can get a behind the music type story arc where she can say that it was management and other people in her life and a stupid auntie or uncle that forced her to, you know, talk about the color of her butthole. And then corporate people came to her and said, hey, we have a whole line of makeup we can do. And what would you want to call it? And we have an idea. We're going to call it booty hole brown. What do you think? Ooh. You know what? How about STD free red? You know, like you know, <coughs> stupid shit. That comes at a cost. Your shelf life yeah. will be very short. And now, in an era of, you know, educationless content, I can just find a video of you saying vile shit and then go off on it forever. And we can just underclass our underclass ideology our way to a hundred thousand uh subscribers and that really cool little platinum plaque a different payout on youtube um mm. and you know a trip to the breakfast club hey charlemagne i mean imagine if charlemagne brought us on just to tell us to fuck off our lives would change it's true. So it comes at a price. Can you sustain it? You know, these people can't can't sustain that. You heard the baby crying. There was no nanny tending to that kid. She ain't rich. 
rich. She probably spends more money pretending she has money. Mm. So it's sad. The whole thing is sad all the way around. And if you look at her and go, well, this is kind of the epitome of the black community right now. I'm like, well, really? Because there's, I see more videos of Negroes that are not fans of Larry Elder. At best, they're probably Democrats or liberals that hate her. They hate her. So she is not an exemplar of black girl magic that the black bourgeois love, you know, shining a light on. She's antithetical to black girl magic. She's coon. She's cooning. When you redefine coon to be, you know, Larry Elder, mm. then this becomes, I say it all the time, this becomes what you now want to define as authentic blackness. Somebody just said you're going to write a letter to the Breakfast Club. <laughs> Jason Wiles' letter to the Breakfast Club. <laughs> Should I? Should I publish it in Sublation? I want to see. Have you read it? <laughs> da- da- damage would not fucking publish it. Like, mm, we don't know if our viewer base knows that many black people. <laughs> <laughs> Your name is ambiguous enough. It's <laughs> Nice. You get an email from Ben Fogg. I saw your show, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Minstrel rap. It really is minstrel rap. There's a lot of it. The 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 art of rap can't really grow. Every other aspect of hip hop to me is thriving. The art side of it, graffiti, the dancing, oh, the DJing, oh. This shit is thriving. 50 years of hip hop. Maybe the rap is somewhat stagnant right now. But the other aspects of it, so dope. So dope. You agree? When you look at these breakdance competitions or any sort of like hip hop dance influence competitions, you're seeing people literally from all over the world that have been doing it for over a generation now. 20 plus years in the game killing it and everybody's having a good time some of the art that i see all over the world so hip-hop influenced especially street art yep so i mean if you're a banksy fan that's all hip-hop that's all that street art that was coming out in new york in the in the early 80s so the genre, the culture, if you will, is thriving. The music may be a little stagnant, but that's okay. I think we're okay. If we're going to sit back and talk about some of the things we're thankful for, I'm thankful for that. That we have some amazing art coming out of this genre that kind of, you know, for the most part, comes out of poverty. For the most part. Mm-hmm. And sort of. Kind of sort of. Kind of sort. It's complicated. It's complicated. It's, uh, at least adjacent. It is. And I dig it. We should be happy about that. Don't look at sexy red and say that she 
is the culture. The sexy reds have been around since music has been around. People like hearing raunchy shit. It just is what it is. We have a lot of flavors. And that's not the only one. That is not vanilla. That is nowhere near vanilla. That's butter pecan. Oh. <laughs> it's butter pecan. Fucking Joe says, what's your opinion of Doja Cat? I don't know what a Doja Cat is. A Doja Cat. Is that the is she a black woman or something with the short hair? Uh yeah, she's got short hair now. She, is she black? She's half black. Mm. And she, she raps or something? She raps and she sings and mm. she's the one who's gone demonic now. Like that's her whole persona. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Fascinating. Oh, she's a big deicide fan or she is trying to cancel herself huh. with her fans. Mm. They call themselves the Doja Kittens, and she says, I do not approve. Go get a life. She sounds like she's figured it out. She sounds like she needs to manage her parasocial relationships better. Some people just need to turn the internet off. That too. Look, if you guys are with your families, I'm jealous. Hug everybody, even that one uncle that might be a little racist. That's Doja Cat. Doja Cat's the kind of racist uncle. She is. She be hanging out with Nazis. Word? She was found to be showing her feet in, like, chat rooms on 4chan and stuff like that. Like making time with Nazi dudes and trashing black people. That's Doja Cat. I I don't know what kind of music she would have to do to make me kind of look beyond all this shit. This is a lot to look beyond. That's a lot, man. Woof. No, my brother. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> that's not, like, that's a lot. Like, oh, she was doing the most. There's like this kind of hot topic store that sells bootleg T-shirts. Mm-hmm. And and TJ and me, me and Shaka Connie were in there looking at shirts, and uh, we're going through the you know those big racks, and, and I saw a Smith shirt, and Connie goes, "Oh, I love the Smiths." I was like, "I love the Smiths," and we're looking at, I was like, "Yeah, I could never wear this." <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like I could imagine wearing it on air, and did, like 18 people say, "I love the Smiths." One person says, "Jason's a Nazi," and that's it done. The Smiths are different from Morrissey. Yeah, Johnny Marr does not back the shit that he says, but um, yeah, the Doja Cat person seems like a real fucking nightmare to deal with. She, uh, yeah. Like, when people are pretending that bad, you're like, dude, this is not pro wrestling. I'm, I'm not going to watch. Or you take them like pro wrestling. Right. That's how you're, 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 it's popcorn for you. So, 
Tucson with the Buffon. We've been doing this for four hours. Four hours. This is going into birthday stream territory. Marathon. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. You got a ton of free champagne VIP room. Like I was doing this. God, I'm having the worst. Because <laughs> I said you addressed up like funny Marco. Is that why? I was gonna wear a different hat, and I was like, this hat kind of looks like it works. And I walked around like this all day. I, is that why Mexican people were looking at me? I look crazy today. They, they thought I was that dude. They love his videos. They're like, man, your skin looked too good though. Hella young ones too would be like looking at me like hella hard. That explains it. Fuck. Yep. You guys, again, enjoy this time with your families. Lenny, we hope the little one gets better. That's right. Happy birthday. Steve, you win call the night. Nigga. Sorry. Wrong sound effect. <laughs> Happy birthday to Andy. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, I'm having like the worst time. How did that happen? Right? <laughs> We'll be back Saturday. Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. You guys stay safe. We'll be back Saturday. Toussaint with Buffon will be here. Mm-hmm. No, actually, I don't think you were on this show. Were you? No, no, that was before me. How many years have you been on the show now? I think it's two. You came on right around the time I was in Mexico? Yeah. Like a little bit before. Beautiful thing, man. Beautiful thing. Thank you guys for making this happen. And you know what? Since we've been chilling for so long, let's let's do it. We have to do it, Tucson. We have to do it. What do we have to do? We have to do it. Let's go out old school. Old school cartoons. Cartoons. My favorite piece of music I've ever put together. Have a good night. Good night, everyone. Happy holidays.